only one chance you have. You have no chance. If you had a chance, you need to run Mickey Split. You can't run because you're the baddest. Well, Rick Flair, you know what? I'm not a normal looking athlete myself. You know what I'm talking about? I've been in the years alive. It's a privilege and an honor to walk out with Ole Anderson, Lex Luger, in the army tomorrow night. Motivation. No, I love you. I know he loves sugar. But I check my pocket. I don't have no donuts. I don't have no cheeseburger. I know you love sugar, but I ain't got none. To be the man, you gotta beat the man. And I'm saying, whoo, right here in Nashville, Tennessee, pal. I'm the man. Booking a match for the total package like Luger and Super Brawl? Super Saturday? What is it? I don't even know what it's called. What is it called? Super Brawl Saturday. Super Brawl Saturday? You don't lose faith in winners. And Ric Flair day in and day out. You every day of his life. Just keep winning and winning and winning. Ric Flair! New York City, Ric Flair! You're going to find out what hard is all above. I do exactly what I want to do. You say I'm insane. I say thank you very much. Make, make, make a, a big, delicious, delicious day. God, I hate God. Hit the dog. Today, woo, I've got the star and profile like never before. You guys talk about being students of the game. I am the game, JR. Dude, this literally could be like any generic wrestling theme. Mm-hmm. Listen to this. Walk into the ring. Any generic wrestling theme could be this one right here. Matter of fact, I think I've heard this as a wrestling theme before. <laughs> oh, I have seen many of terrible local independent wrestling shows. I've probably heard this at least twice. Oh, probably. What is going on, everybody? It is Dirt Cheat Dudes. I am Boxman. Thank you for joining us. And, of course, the voice you just heard right across from me. He's given us those good vibrations and sweet sensations. It's Mark Wahlberg. What's up, Smark? That's right. You can dance. You can jive. Having the time of your life. You are the dancing queen and do not let anybody tell you different. I won't. Did we just go ABBA? We went from that to ABBA? 
<laughs> yes, it's it's not that different thematically if you really think about it. Nah, I won't explain because I can't explain. I think we should leave that one alone. Uh, but anyway, uh, real quick, I'd like to thank everyone for uh, joining me Friday night. I was uh, joined. I went ahead and went live on YouTube. I don't know what sparked me to do it, but uh, I appreciate everybody joining me. I had a really good time doing that. Um, would like to get banners and everything going before we get started. I just wanted to test that out. That's something I can do. The computer will hold it. So my birthday's on a Wednesday coming up August 4th. So maybe, maybe on my birthday, I'll try to have that ready. And uh, me and Smart can do the old YouTube thing a little bit from now on. Uh, so uh, there you go. But yeah, yeah. So And I am planning on doing a show that night. Very nice. Maybe going to work late, but we will be doing the show. Uh, <laughs> I might be going to work a little late that night, that next day. Uh, but anyway, it'll be a good time. But uh, again, thanks everybody for joining me over there on YouTube and just joining me here, even on Mixler. Wherever you join me and listen, I appreciate it. Uh, Smart was Smart went back home for a while. So, how was it, man? How was it? How was the little trip to uh, Chicago? The uh, the ride there was pretty rough. Hit a lot of rain because you had about get a good five hour stretch mm. between coming in from Tennessee, you go to Kentucky, then it's five hours in Illinois till you get to where you need to be, mm. and like almost all of those five hours were just fucking jammed packed with rain. But the entire time I was there, I was there for about four days, I believe. It was weather was perfect after that, and everything else went pretty well. So I had a good time. Kind of tired now, but we're gonna keep things moving. All right. Well, a tough time getting there. Made for a good time to be there. So that's a good thing, at least. Mm-hmm. Usually you have a tough time getting there, and it's a fucking nightmare from then on. I got entirely too drunk Saturday night. <laughs> and I woke up Sunday afternoon to a tweet from Dirk forgiving me. And I was wondering what it was that I had asked for his forgiveness for <laughs> what I had done. Oh. I was like, oh, boy, this is going to be the start of something, isn't it? And it was just me apologizing for not being there at a show on Sunday morning. <laughs> but I feel like he now understands why I was not there at a show on Sunday morning. You know, it's funny. Sunday, me and the wife got up and got moving around. We started doing a lot of stuff around the house because, you know, we're still getting stuff sorted out. We went from a smaller house, so we're actually still getting rid of stuff. All right, we really don't need it. Let's just get rid of it. So we're doing that. Well, the wife bought a bottle Friday. Actually, Saturday. Mm -hmm. The wife got a bottle Saturday. Uh, no, Friday. I, I did. Uh, I think I might have done a few shots. Did I do shots before I came in here Friday? I think I might have. She might have got it Friday. Anyway, it lasted till Sunday. So we started doing a couple shots on Sunday. And I'm like, we need to go easy. I got to go to work tomorrow. We need to go easy. Real easy. But the problem is my shoulder's been killing me and my pain goes away when I start drinking. So two shots, three shots, four shots. I don't know how many we did. I know I woke up about nine o'clock at night. Uh, <laughs> I know she had to be hammered watching those kids. I woke up about nine o'clock at night. I don't usually pass out like that. I don't remember taking my shoes off, taking my socks off, but I was just on the couch. My daughter climbing all over me. My wife looking at me like, the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and uh, I, I went to work with a nice hangover Monday. <laughs> e. 
Well, we mm-hmm. well we got up in, in there. Well, I mean, we both got up and finished the bottle. There were three more shots each in there. Oh yeah, we well, don't want to be a quitter. No, no. I mean, you know, I was refreshed after a little naparoo. You know, did that, but uh, it was a good time. It, uh, me and the wife had a. We got a lot done. Almost got my lawnmower started. Almost. I got it to turn, so it wouldn't even turn. It was like stuck. I couldn't pull the pull the pull start. Mm-hmm. I called my nephew. He's like, Marvel Mystery Oil, poured all over that some bitch. And it worked. So I just got to get it started now. Need to let it dry out a couple days. Anyway, that's, uh, that was kind of my weekend. <laughs> so yours sounds a, a bit like mine. That's pretty cool. We, uh, we kind of had the same experiences in a way. Anywho, mm-hmm. anywho, we do have, uh, Lots of actual wrestling to get into. Not a ton of news. There's a, there's a few rumors we're going to get into, and I do call them rumors because nothing's been set in stone. Nothing's been announced. Uh, a couple of rumors going around we'll get into. But uh, we're going to flip it around a little bit tonight, do it the way we used to. We're actually going to talk money in the bank first. We'll tie in Raw. Smart's going to have a little NXT corner because I have not watched NXT. And then we'll uh, wrap up with a little AEW. So uh, we'll do that, which was a decent show tonight. Pretty good show. But uh, I guess we'll knock out plug. Give me a second to get them bad boys pulled up. I hate the way this computer is. I gotta get it mounted. Anyway, I'll take care of that this weekend. Because we're not planning on drinking, but... Can't stop my wife from going to the liquor store when I'm at work. (laughs) There you have it. At least that's my excuse. Uh... Not, not that I would text her to stop by the liquor store. No, I wouldn't do that. Anyway, let's get into these plugs, and then we'll, uh, and then we'll get into some wrestling. All right, let's do this. Of course, this means I want you guys to check out the high marks. That's right. You got the cheese, man. You got the mojo, and you got the G whiz. They are over there. Where are you going to ask? Where is there? Well, that would be Mixer.com slash Metal Mitt. Network. That's right. Two T's in Mitt. Mixer.com slash Metal Mitt Network. Check them out there. 8.30 p.m. Eastern Times. That's Sunday evening. So check them out over there. And, of course, we've got the Inhumans. That's Bobby Blades and Bobby Anthem. They're on the Inhuman Experience. Check them out. All the usual, ouch, podcast platforms. And wherever, wherever you, uh, you know, find podcasts, all that stuff. But definitely subscribe to them over there. Oh, I'm sorry. It's new on Apple Podcasts. Now, you have to follow someone now they're 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 going with the uh, terminology following now so do that and of course everything unscripted wrestling podcast that's eric and doug and daniel check out those guys over there they are having a great time and really a good show to listen to uh you can check them out on blog talk radio and anywhere you find podcasts and of course steve milani's sharing the show and we appreciate it check him out on letterboxd boxd.com slash steven Milan. There's two L's in Milan, so check him out over there. He's reviewing films, and a shit ton of them he is reviewing. So definitely do that. You guys know where to find us. You can find us on iHeart, Spreaker, Stitcher, Anchor, YouTube, obviously, uh, Player FM, TuneIn. You know where to go. Smart. 
That's right. Monday is 8.30 on the Metal Mid Podcast Network on the Mixler Machine. You got cheese on sports. The Olympics are coming up, and you don't need any hoity-toity Olympics coverage. You don't need Al Michaels. You don't need Bob Costas. You need cheese, man. You need G-Wiz. You need Dirk. You need Luke. That's what you need. But you also need to check out... 10.30 a.m. on the Metal Mid Podcast Network on the Mixling Machine, the Mo Dirk City Machine Guns with Mojo and with Dirk and last but never least check out our friends at Planet Raconteur it's the Planet Raconteur Podcast with Bobby Anthem Papa Dave Sincere and Yuck Nasty all 60 episodes of Season 1 are available, Season 2 Episode 1 is out so check it out there you go. And, you know, every time you mention the uh, Motor Dark City machine guns, for some reason, I just imagine Dirk sitting there doing the Batista entrance with the machine gun hands. I don't know why. I don't know why I do, but I do. I can, I can see that happen. <laughs> He's probably sitting there like, I would do that. I would do that. <laughs> I will say, just for whatever this is worth, back in the day when I was a, a wee lad growing up, oh. we used to put up like curtains not really curtains but they were just like large blankets that were used to help keep the air conditioner like to keep the air from the air conditioner yeah in that particular room keep right. things cool right so to get to one room to the other room you would have to come through these curtains <laughs> now me being a fucking dork of a seven-year-old kid this yeah. was my opportunity to make an entrance throughout the house i would just do various entrances that i had seen on television oh i wish some of those got recorded oh do i mm-hmm. <laughs> oh wait i think some might have been i can tell by that hmm i wouldn't be surprised oh i hope that tape comes out one day oh that'd be awesome you're not ever gonna run for office or anything are you <laughs> not if i could help it <laughs> that might be the most perfect answer i've ever heard for that question <laughs> It's usually like, no, politicians are scum. And it's like, dude, okay. <laughs> of course they are. But they make good money. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm scum, too. I just don't want to be a politician. There's a difference. Well, I mean, there's scum and then there's politician scum. It's a big difference. Very big difference. Very big difference. Man, I feel like I'm loud tonight. I don't know why. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. Chatroom, tell me if I'm, like, over-modulating or anything, please. Uh, just let me know. Because if I am, I'll turn myself down uh all right well there you go oh but of course smark before we go i gotta tell you we're in a good mood because oh come on we're eating good in the neighborhood today <laughs> we're eating good in the neighborhood right. today <laughs> oh my god speaking of which i don't know if you saw the same commercials i did but I, we, I was fucking bombarded with subway commercials during AEW tonight. Uh, truthfully, I had a pretty, again, my shit was locking up pretty bad. Um, and, and you know what's weird? Friday night, I watched SmackDown, sailed through it, one lockup the whole night. But then Wednesday nights are shit. I don't know if Wednesday nights are a busy night on the old internet around here, but uh, the old Wi-Fi. But uh, I'm gonna have to get a booster for out there, and I'm gonna connect to the booster. So, um, wife already. I think she ordered it. So, <laughs> need to do that to boost up the Wi-Fi a little bit out here. But uh, otherwise, I mean, the internet's not bad, thank God. I mean, if I, I was, I managed to do Mixler and YouTube. So, 
and show pictures. And of course, the only thing that got me a little copyright on that, which wasn't a big deal, was the intro. I can't play the intro. I'm assuming it's all the wrestling voices I use on there. All the little, all the promos. <laughs> so at some point, we're going to have to go through and just like reenact all these famous quotes. <laughs> I could do that. Uh, but I won't. I won't. I just won't play it when we do YouTube shows. I will add it in later. So, no big deal. No big deal at all. We're usually going to go through Mixer anyway, so I can just throw it in there before we pop up the show. Anyway, I guess we do need to uh, probably get into some wrestling. We've been talking about 15 minutes here, not mentioned much at all, except that there is a bunch of rumors going around. Again, they are rumors, but uh, we're going to get into some money in the bank first. Uh, man. Uh... Great fucking pay-per-view. I really thought it was great. I got not one complaint about one match on this show. You? No. No, I was going to say, this has actually been the weekend, or so I'm told, for great pay-per-views. Because I was told that they had Slammiversary, and that actually went off without a hitch. And I was, from what I was hearing, it was pretty good. I'm actually going to try to watch it this week, but <laughs> I haven't gotten around to that yet. Do your best. <laughs> I will. I will put my bet. I will give maximum effort that I am willing to commit to trying to watch an impact pay per view. Do your best, man. Give it a shot. Do whatever you can do. Um, and again, we're gonna kind of go through this. We'll tie in raw with it, and I think we can pretty much get it get it done like that. Both the shows, kind of uh, that old two bird, you know, two birds with one stone. Mm-hmm. Such a violent little little saying, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, who's who's out here just torturing these poor birds is the real question. I know, man. I fucking... No, not right. Go ahead. I think I remember back in the day. I, I distinctly remember having a conversation with Tommy uh, talking about how much he hates hearing the birds chirp in the mornings. Oh, uh, so he's the one killing two birds with one stone. Yeah, some, some lad in Australia is walking around chucking stones at birds. Amazing what you can do with a slingshot, sir. Uh, anyway, let's go ahead and roll on here just a little bit. Um, I got to admit, I didn't see the opener, uh, the pre-show match, but I do know that I was pretty shocked when I popped on Facebook and there's Jimmy and Jey Uso standing there with Roman Reigns with titles around their, their shoulders, and I'm kind of like, you're really not supposed to reward bad behavior. Uh, and you know, Smark, your word is optics. Yes. The optics just look like you're rewarding bad behavior. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> yes, indeed. I, the internet definitely loved this one. I was seeing quite a few people being like, "Well, is this really what we needed right now?" Because mm. you go from having the first father-son tag team to having like the first. DUI brother tag <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. Look, I, I, I get it, and I, you know, I was reading. Oh well, WWE's not going to punish. He's in this huge storyline. They can't punish him. Uh, first of all, yeah, the fuck you can. Um, Nick Khan was supposed to be this guy that's not worried about taking the heat. Didn't care if anybody was in the middle of a storyline. He'll take care of business. Um, it looks like he won't if someone steps up and tells him not to do it. 
I do love I do love the reasoning of well yeah but he's in a storyline and you know how WWE is committed to preserving storylines they <sighs> never switch up anything no they would never just stop a storyline mid you know just you know right in the middle of it and you know do anything like that never never they, they would never switch it up never I mean there were many ways they could do this they could have even had you know Roman beat down Jimmy Jimmy takes off some time. Uh, they could have had Jay and Jimmy get into a fight. They take, you know, Jimmy takes some time. It's just so many ways they could have done this. But no, they're like, fuck it. Let's just put the title on the guys. Let's just do it. We'll take the backlash. Maybe this is the heat that Nick Khan is willing to take. Maybe this is it. Not, not, uh, not when, when it comes to, I don't want to say punishing people, but holding people accountable. How's that? Is that better? Yeah, I get what you're going for. All right. Uh, you know, first word was a little harsh, I would say. Punishing is a little harsh. <laughs> you don't punish an adult. But you do hold them well, accountable I mean, for their mistakes. Unless they pay for it, Smart. I know. Fucking A. Yeah, we've been <laughs> doing the show for too long. You guessed it for me. <laughs> what I was going to say. I know some people pay for that shit, and they're allowed. I'm fine with that. Consensual punishing is okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm I don't, I'm not going to spend a ton of time here. But uh, Smark, what uh, would you think when uh, I, I don't know if you saw this match or you tuned in after or if you when you watched the pay per view, but. Yeah, I, I didn't really see too much of the pre-show. I, I try my best to avoid pre-shows when possible. Okay, all right. So, but I'm sure you were, you know, flipping around on Facebook and were like, "Oh, look at these two guys." Anyway, well, like I said, I, I did sort of know that it had happened when I had seen everybody complaining about it on Facebook. So, <laughs> I mean, they went viral in a sense. That's what they love doing. Yeah, and listen, I'm not going to say this upsets me. I'm not pissed off over it, but. Again, you hold adults accountable for their mistakes. The only even acknowledgement, I tied that in there, a little pun, that they did of this was when um, they were in the back and they did a little thing and they were talking and, you know, Range was putting over Jay and then he looked at Jimmy and he went, and you. And you could like hear snickering in the background. And it was like... Mm -hmm. Are they gonna? Are, are they gonna? Met? Nope. Jimmy just was like, "Nah, man, I'm I I love you too, Oose. I'm gonna kick ass for you, Oose." And that was it, Oose. So, but that that was it. Trying to remember to take Ubers more, Oose. <laughs> well, speaking of that, uh, Naomi has been moved over to SmackDown with uh, her husband over there quietly. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure the designated driver joke has been driven to the ground, but one more time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> one more time. Well, better than driven into a telephone pole. <laughs> or, or, a, or a family of four, five, six, or even one. Uh, Jesus Christ, man. Anyway, I guess we move on to the first match. This was the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. I would say if I have, I'm not even going to say complaint, I would say this was probably the least... Mm, the least of all the matches on this show. Just like the... Uh, yeah. Not that they didn't try. They went out there. They were doing all the shit. But the ending was a little weird. But I do have to say, the crowd did not 
the crowd was behind Naomi, number one. The crowd got behind um, Liv Morgan. The crowd loved Alexis Bliss's belly button. If you didn't notice when she ripped off that thing, they were like, belly button, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. People- <laughs> that sounds like a response you may have also had. I heard the crowd pop, and I'm like, seriously? This girl, I mean, we've seen her how many times already? But the crowd was hot. I do have to say, Fort Worth was a damn good crowd. I was, I was, uh, I was proud of Fort Worth. I was proud of Fort Worth the other night. So, but yeah, I mean, the match was good. They all sit there. They're all up on top of the ladders, and Nikki Ash, almost a superhero, climbs in the ring and like just climbs over everyone, grabs the title nonchalantly, and jumps down. Wins, wins the match. Mm-hmm. Wins. Yeah, that was it was a very odd way to do that. Or they basically just let her ascend and then grab the belt, and then that was it. It's like, yeah, no, nobody's going to try to stop her. All right, well, whatever. Uh, she's climbing over you. All you got to do is fall. Just yeah. fall. Just fall back. Oh, it might hurt. Okay, you do that. That's your job too. <laughs> your job is it might hurt. Okay. <laughs> Nobody that was on either of the adjacent ladders tried to like push her off the ladder or push the ladder down. They all just kind of just sat there and watched her do it. She scurried up there like a spider, grabbed that shit, and uh, that was it, man. That was it. It was just, again, it, not a bad match, a good match. I, I'm trying not to spend a ton of time on Money in the Bank. We're you know so removed at this point that it doesn't... Y'all have heard most of this, but uh, I did think it was it was... Just a strange way, like you just said, to end that match. But, man, the crowd was behind almost any of these girls except Tamina and Nia winning. Um, but, really, the crowd wouldn't have cared who won this match. I thought, you know, for a minute there they teased Alexa was going to do some, you know, Nick Nickadoo stuff. And I think they bring her – I think she snaps out of it when she tries to do the magic and it won't work because her magic only worked in the Thunderdome. That's an interesting that's an interesting way to think about it. I mean, I guess she did, she did have a little bit of magic on her on Monday, I guess. There's some sort of invisible force field that old fucking Eva Marie tripped over. But I do like the idea that her powers only work in just a very niche environment. Well, I mean, she did hypnotize. Like, she's sort of the Aquaman of wrestling. Oh, there you go. Oh, oh good one. Just, you know, talk to those fishies. Um, she did hypnotize Zelina Vega. Uh, so there was that. So she did something. I mean, that's people don't really think that's magic. I don't consider that magic. It's a very it's a talent to be able to do that to people. But I don't know. I don't know. I would very much like to be able to hypnotize Selena Vega for just sort of various, uh, you know, highly ethical reasons. Uh, well, you know, just to tell her how beautiful she is. But uh, Nikki Ash not only won the Money in the Bank, but we did find out again. I'm going to tie Raw into this. Uh, we did find out she she did. Uh, this is going to have us jumping ahead a little bit. So we're going to jump ahead. Charlotte did win the title from Rhea on this pay-per-view. I don't want to talk about it, to be honest with you. <laughs> but Monday I was happy. The inevitable happened. That was uh, it. I knew it, and actually, if if you listen to my predictions on Friday, I went back and changed my mind on that match because I knew at least that title was going to change. 
because none of the others I didn't think were. I was shocked at the, you know, SmackDown tag titles. But Nikki did go in and beat Charlotte on Monday with the help of Rhea for to win the championship. So already cashed in. Um, but as far as the Rhea Charlotte, I, I just knew. Again, I felt like they were punishing Rhea Ripley because she wasn't Charlotte. And that it just seemed shitty to me. They just have to have Charlotte. Now, remember, how many is she on now? 14 time? Mm-hmm. Okay. She's going to surpass her dad so quick because what they're going to do is keep hot potato on this title until she's tied with him. Yes. Yeah. Well, they'll stop at like 16 or whatever just so that they can build up a little bit of anticipation and drama until the inevitable one that they ends up breaking it. Oh, yeah. Then she'll get that, you know, that she'll break that, 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 uh, that streak. And then, you know, Flair will be out there crying. And we know how this is going. We know how this is going. So, anyway, that was that match. Uh, and that was that little segment right there on Raw. Again, I just figured we tie in Raw. There's no reason to spend too much time on both shows, especially when we got to get into AEW and some news tonight. Uh, there you go. So we had after that was a Raw Tag Team Championship match. It was AJ Styles and Omos taking on the Viking Raiders. I believe I stuck with AJ and Omos. These guys have been great. Almost... The fact that they're kind of forcing these guys to be heel is a little shitty because the whole shtick they're doing is so babyface with the the odd pairing. But I don't know. I liked this match. Really, these guys had a great fucking match. Once again, almost I know he should be doing a little more, but the guy's impressing me for how little and how, you know, the the short length of time he's been in. So, right. I, I mean, I, I can see how that would work. You know, you just have him start off slow, and then as he begins to be able to learn more and do more, have him sort of un, unveil more and make it sort of so that it's a bunch of different surprises. You know, you actually start seeing him develop as a wrestler instead of just like having him do everything that he can do right off the bat. Yeah, I mean, the guy's like seven foot three and can fucking move like a lot. You're not going to find many guys his height that can move like that and are in the shape he's in. You know? He's actually fairly charismatic, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I like the guy. I like the pairing. AJ, again, I feel like when he kind of went over to New Japan, he found his voice, found his promo style that he liked to do, and he can even do that funny heel very well, which is kind of the character he's doing now, and I like it. But AJ's always good in the, in the ring. You know, obviously he's not the uh, not the high-flying, you know, doing fucking, you know, gainers over the goddamn, you know, top rope anymore. But he can still fucking go out there and go. <laughs> what? Okay. So, like, a month or two ago, I tried, it was during WrestleMania, I tried to think of a high-flying move. And all I could think of was Spanish fly. <laughs> and you guys spent the, like, next two hours saying that every diving move was a Spanish fly just to fuck with me. And now I like how you tried to think of an impressive, like, lucha type of high-flying move. And you said gainer as though this was synchronized swimming. He was going up to the high dive. Well, uh, well okay, synchronized swimming and high diving are different. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. One, you stay in the water. One, you're up on a high dive. And a gainer is a diving move. I did diving when I was very young. Very, very, very. <laughs> yes, but I, I don't believe gainer has uh, transitioned into the squared circle, as it were. Well, that's what it looked like he was doing when he went over the fucking ropes back in TNA days. <laughs> Soaring through the sky like Greg Luganus. Like, excuse me? Uh, oh, shut up, man. Come on now. <laughs> All right, well, fuck that. We're moving on now. <laughs> we sure are. I'm going to talk about this match and pretend it's you. So, so Bobby Lashley beat the shit out of Kofi Kingston. He just laid into him and beat the living piss out of him. You're just making me the Kofi Kingston now. <laughs> I mean, I, I could have a worse lot in life. I'll, I'll, I'll accept being Kofi Kingston. Oh, shit. I, I I wouldn't mind either, man. But, uh, yeah, he went out there and took a beating. I think a lot of people were expecting Big E to run out there. I think I, I was, too, when I was watching this match. But last year, just beat the living hell out of him for most of this match. Um, And it turns out Kofi was kind of just a, I guess you could just call him a pipeline to Goldberg versus Lashley, which Goldberg did come back on Raw. Yes, you are having a problem building stars, building new talent, just having people respond to things, giving people things that they like so that they will return. Yeah, Kofi Kingston lose. Yeah, Keith Lee come back and then lose to Bobby Lashley, all in service of Goldberg returning. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, and Keith Lee did come back and just... how long was that? Was That wasn't a long match at all. It was pretty much a squash just to bring Goldberg out again. Okay, so you're right. Kofi and Keith Lee were pipelines for the Goldberg thing. Or mm-hmm. or Patsy's or whatever you want to call them. Which, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I mean, he came back and delivered a promo I'll never forget because he came out and he said, you're next. And then he snorted and walked away as he so often does well thank god that's that's all that that that's all i need from goldberg he starts talking anymore it's just not gonna sound good i was kind of hoping that just like bobby lashley would just kick him in the dick i knew it wasn't going to happen but if he just like kicked him as hard as he could just full force in the dick and just walked away (laughs) yeah that would have been pretty bad uh, yeah, but yeah, I'm, I, and I mean, I went into a little, I went to a good amount of the Goldberg thing on Friday, I believe. So again, I know the guy's not going to come in. I know his matches don't last fucking 30 minutes. He's not going to go in there and try to pull this five-star match off. But my problem is there's always that, that in the back of my head, I'm always like, you know, they do like to give that title to people, and especially a guy like Goldberg. Mm. And if they feed Lashley to Goldberg and Goldberg just tears him up in like, you know, a three to four minute match, there's going to be some pissed off people in the IWC, if you know what I mean. Right. Well, I mean, to just draw a comparison, you know, we had, we're going to talk about that maybe a little bit later. Had another person come back. Mm. Had John Cena come back. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, okay, maybe his match is probably not going to be all that great when you know, he has the inevitable match with Roman because he hasn't wrestled in several years. But he can at least talk. 
like with Goldberg, it's like, okay, you have to have the time that he speaks short so that he doesn't get exposed for not being able to talk. You have to have the match length short so he doesn't get exposed for not being able to wrestle. It's like, yeah. why do you keep bringing this guy back if his skill set is so incredibly limited? I, because they just don't know what else to do. And you know what? We can go ahead and uh, get into the, the the main event and Cena coming back. And I've got a little uh, audio of Cena after the show uh, that we can play real quick because... He was about as surprised by the reaction he got uh, as all of us. I mean, I, I wasn't surprised. The old absence makes the heart grow fonder, I guess. But, you know, he did get a great pop. I'll tell you who else, you know, since we're going to get into this main event, then we'll roll back into the men's money in the bank match because obviously I'm very excited about that match. Uh, so there was Roman and Edge. Edge got a fucking deafening pop deafening and mm-hmm. i was listening to solomonster and people were uh, were calling in that were at the show and you know he did it right after and they were like that was such a loud pop for for edge and you know we got one on smackdown too man i'm telling you smart it feels so fucking good to have fans back at these shows reactions that uh, Charlotte flipped off the fans because they were chanting, we want Becky. And by the way, they did black that out on the replay also. Uh, but what a fucking pop for Edge. Roman, I, I like that little VR thing they have of him, you know, kind of doing the ooh-ah thing. But I liked this match, man. Once again, Roman just is really... Yelling at the crowd, saying, I'm going to, he's my bitch. You know, who's the bitch now? Roman is just, man, he's feeding off of the crowd, in my opinion. All of them were. Mm-hmm. The whole night, These all these guys were just feeding off that crowd. And I think we were, too, watching it. I don't know about you, but uh, I loved it. I loved this match. I love what Roman did. Edge wasn't exactly the maniacal edge we were promised on friday but roman in this match i think was just the the the, one of the great highlights as usual because he's just talking shit doing moves talking shit to edge talking shit to the crowd everything about this match i liked man i just went on a little diatribe there go ahead please no, I Roman is just—he's so much fun right now. Just he's having a lot of fun and doing the role, and just—I gotta imagine it's gonna be a lot of fun to be able to go there and just to boo him and play off of all of that. But yeah, so you do have—you did have that. You had that little match, Roman and Edge, and the, the thing that's kind of interesting with Edge is like. You mentioned Naomi getting a big pop earlier, and it seems like the live crowds always love Naomi for some reason. And I say some reason because she's never particularly booked all that well, and she never really has a lot going on character-wise. But she seems like she's always over. With Edge, like, everybody seems to really like Edge, but then when Edge is put in storylines where he's, like, the focus, he's getting, like, the main event time, Mm. the ratings never translate well for whatever odd reason. So there's just, like, a weird disconnect between both of them. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I mean, obviously, Roman has been. Well, meanwhile, SmackDown did great fucking ratings on Friday night with with these guys. Uh, But, you know, Roman just right now, it's so funny. You know, we were begging for this Roman, begging for this Roman. 
And, you know, I really thought the crowd was going to cheer him. Now, you can say they weren't cheering him, but they did the let's go Roman, let's go Edge, and there was a pitch difference in the let's go Roman, let's go Edge, if you know what I mean. Uh, most, uh, you know, the little deeper on the Roman side, but I don't know. I, I, I not that they're, they may not be cheering him, but I'll tell you a couple of times you looked in that crowd and they were sitting on their hands and there was sound coming in. You could see every now and then they were piping in a few things there still, and they're not going to stop. Don't even try. Leave just not even worth bitching about, to be honest with you. <laughs> They've uh, they found a new little toy and they like playing with it, I guess. So let them let them play, let them play. But uh, really good match, of course, with the help of Seth Rollins. Um, well, uh, Roman did win this match, and Rollins cut a really an, an odd promo backstage. But I'm just loving this this Rollins character. I got I'll tell you the truth: the character's a little all over the place. But I think that's what I like about it. That's definitely what I like about it. It's just like there's so many different like factors at play. He just every so often just drifts into like the crazy '80s coked up wrestler promo, and he's of course wearing like these elaborate suits. So there's just like little you know you can spot little influences here and there of just like a pastiche of just different character development angles and roles and things that he's been doing. It's been fun. I've been digging it, too. Yeah, and speaking of character and characters and development, I got to tell you, man, if you literally didn't watch the match and focused on Paul Heyman, I think you could tell every move going on in the match by watching Paul Heyman. <laughs> that that would actually be an interesting little compilation that somebody could put together of just like Heyman reacts. Dude, it it's I mean, it's so beautiful watching him. You know, you get some of the managers, they don't do much, they don't really blah blah blah. blah. But man, that guy knows what he's doing. He's out there. I mean, not that he shouldn't. And I know I've said this probably a bazillion times and I apologize, but watching Heyman you just, I mean, just watch him. Watch him for a while. Everything, when when Roman does a good move, you see him go. And when Edge is there, he's like, oh, no. And you can definitely tell when it's a, a, a near fall, which there were some good near falls in this fucking match, dude. But just love watching Heyman. Absolutely like watching Heyman, man. Absolutely do. Mm -hmm. But uh, really, really loved this fucking match. And yep. After the match, Edge, oh, I'm sorry, um, Roman grabs the mic and he says, now everyone can acknowledge me. And Cena's music hits and holy hell, the crowd went a wild. Mm -hmm. Again, absence makes the heart grow fonder, I guess. And I said this Friday, we've had, look, Y'all have hated this guy for a fucking decade. For a decade, y'all hated this guy. I want Cena gone. We don't need him anymore. He's done. He shouldn't be coming back all this time. Shouldn't be coming back and taking spots from somebody. And then he comes back and y'all are like, fuck yeah, we missed him so much. That is definitely, we have talked about the idea that WWE, like, 
builds up Stockholm syndrome in the hearts of people that watch their product. Ah. I feel like we're there because as I was like starting to see these updates of just these rumors and it becoming more and more viable that it actually was going to happen. And now here we are talking about it, that they were going to be doing Cena versus Roman. I was like, you know, that, that actually does seem like something that I'd want to watch. I actually am kind of excited for this. I'm sitting here thinking, what the fuck am I saying? Like, what am I thinking right now? What am I saying? What is this? I, exactly. Dude. Listen, I'm I'm I think they're going back to that usual. Well, which they do, which they always do. Uh, the Cena well, but I mean, and smart before we get out of this segment, I want you to run, if you don't mind running down that list that you uh, sent over here. Um, but Cena is definitely coming back for a while. Smart will let you know that in a few minutes. And uh, he, uh, it was just so weird to hear the crowd. And we weren't the only ones excited. Did you catch this video, Smart? I did not. Okay. Sorry. The it's a little crowd noisy. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna do the best. I did a little. I tried to edit it out, but I think I got it clear enough. I'm gonna go ahead and play it. Uh, wait a minute. Best thing I could do is hit unmute. Probably. Nick wouldn't wait. hurt. It's not muted. Hold on. Oh, it's muted here. Okay, here we go. Let's back this up. Let's try this again. Weird, because I'm used to you guys telling me how much I suck. Man, this feels pretty good. I see this dude's sign over here. It says, if Cena shows up, we cheer. Is this like Bizarro World? What's going on? Tonight, I just wanted to come out here and... Let Roman Reigns know that I was back, and I certainly wanted to come out here and let all of you know that I'm back. And I promise you, this is not a one-night only, but what's special to me is that this is the first night. As always, I want to thank all the WWE superstars for putting their lives and their bodies on the line to entertain all of you, but most importantly, I miss you guys. Like really, I really, really miss you guys. So as much as I'm thankful and grateful for them, man, I love you guys, and I really, really miss you, and thank you so much for being here tonight and making this moment special for me. There you go. Uh, again, he was shocked. Uh, and there was a sign of Cena shows. We cheer. There wasn't really a sign. <laughs> and um, again, Cena sending him home happy. They I let him close out the show like he used to do. Pretty cool little moment there. I, again, absence makes the heart grow fonder. I guess he's been gone long enough to people were just... Very happy. I mean, that there was a guy behind him. A guy. That was a grown man's voice yelling, I love you, Cena. Did you catch that? <laughs> yes. Okay. What they didn't show was that it was the, uh, the president of China. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Now, will uh, he get in trouble if he acknowledges the fans as a universe? Well, the WWE I, universe? I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, WWE ain't gonna fucking put this guy down for shit. This guy could come out there, literally take a dude, a, a fucking drop a deuce in the ring, and they'd be like, "Great match." It's the way to do it, kid. Good shit, pal. It's the way to do it, kid. Someone get a bucket. <laughs> and I'm grab that bucket. <laughs> Hold it. We can sell that. Bag it up right now. One hundred bags had seen us poop. Seen us soil. You know what? Make it fifty bags bigger. Yeah. <laughs> Profit margin. Mm. Limited time only. <laughs> I, I could I could see them selling Cena soil on shopzone.com. That is a very disturbing conversation. Um but anyway. Anyway. Great match. There was just a lot of C and S sounds. I was just glad I could get through all of that. <laughs> great great match. Uh I, I think Edge and Roman put on about I mean, listen. When Edge came back at the, you know, and had the match with Randy, we were all like, not so sure Edge has it. Edge still has it. Edge still has it. Most definitely. Most, most definitely still has it. So uh, good shit right there. And like I said, there were some great, you know, uh, false finishes in this match. And at one point, if the ref, if old Charles Robinson didn't uh, hurt his knee, Edge could have won. Mm-hmm. Edge could have won, but uh, again, the Cena well they go to it a lot, Smart. But I mean, what are we gonna do? There's, I, I, we can sit here and bitch about it. The crowd loved it, so isn't that really what the show is about? I mean, it's not really about us. It's about the fans and the crowd. Oh wait, it is about <laughs> us, isn't it? Hold on, the show's not about us. It's about people who would actually like the show. Boy, what a contradiction. Hmm. Almost like I meant to do that. Yeah, all right. But I think we've got into that enough. Now, I want to get into this match. as our last match we're going to get into, obviously. The uh, men's money in the bank ladder match. Fucking awesome match. Awesome, awesome match. These guys fucking beat the holy hell out of each other. And my man Big E pulls this shit out. Uh, the crowd was, uh, once again, I think the crowd wouldn't have minded if Morrison won. The crowd was way behind Morrison. Dude, they have Johnny Drip Drip fucking chants. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the crowd was also very behind Seth Rollins, which is, surpri- he got a hell of a pop coming out, which surprised me. He's supposed to be this big heel. And the crowd fucking loves this guy. They love the character. They love the suits. They're loving this fucking guy. It, it, it's a little baffling, but I'm happy for the guy. Um, but I'm extremely happy for Big E. I'm hoping they're going to do something really, really special with him. Let him actually, you know, do something. I would like to see Big E versus Lashley. He can go on either show. Big E versus Roman would be fine for me, too. Either one he goes for. I'm just happy to see that this guy, this kind of shows that they've really got some faith in him. And uh, I'm excited to see where this goes. But that the, the really good match. Uh, Smart Biggie, man. What do you think? 
Yeah, this was this was good because this was one of the first times where there was a couple of actual viable potential winners that they had because they were doing a good job of keeping some people looking good coming into this because you had, you know, obviously they were doing a good job keeping Rollins looking good. Like you said, he got a big pop. You had, they were they did a really good job making Riddle look good the last couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. So it seemed like it was possible that he could have won that. You know, obviously the whole storyline they had with Drew where he needed it in order to be able to challenge for a title. That was the only title shot he could get. Yeah. There's a couple of different people that looked like they could have won it. And uh, it was so that at least helped to build the anticipation. It didn't seem like it was like a one horse race or a two horse race like it tends to be. So that helped things too. And I think all in all, it was a pretty good match. And I think this is one of the cases where the right person did win. Yeah, most definitely, man. Most definitely. But, uh, you know, there was a few times in the match where Rollins and Morrison were working together, which again just seems weird, but. I mean, and Morrison is definitely going to have to turn babyface if this crowd keeps doing all this shit for him. So, but yeah, and you know what? I'm glad you mentioned Riddle. I forgot about him. The crowd wouldn't mind him either. They were definitely, I think any of these guys could have won and uh, the the crowd would have been happy. I just think they were so happy to be back out, seeing, wanted to see a good match. Uh, sign guy Rick was back. There was a picture of uh, Nikki. Nikki Ash, right beside Sign Guy Rick, he is from the Dallas area, so makes sense that he was back at one of these shows. Um, and uh, Lime Green Shirt Guy was back. Big E's actually standing right standing right beside him in this picture. So, I, I, there's no reason for me to, to to feel such a emotion towards this gentleman, but there's just something about his overall just just something about it. I just I hate this guy. I don't understand why he hasn't wronged me in any way, but I just want to punch the man in the face. The lime green shirt guy? Mm-hmm. You know, it's more of a sherbet green. It's not really lime green. Well, lime sherbet. Okay, we'll go with lime sherbet green. I like that. You know, like... I, I, yeah. I just don't get just something about it. I just, I just I want to punch him. He just To me, he gives off the most, like, plant vibe, where it's like if somebody were to be, be revealed amongst these like super fans as being a plant he seems like the most likely candidate oh no plant was the guy that uh, lance archer threw tonight oh yes <laughs> he just happened to have on this brightly colored black and neon green sweatshirt that you could pick out of a he looked fucking like one crowd. of the hybrid two had let themselves go because <laughs> he was like wearing i was like damn jack evans put on some weight man <laughs> and shaved his head holy shit Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, I guess back to, yeah, definitely I feel the right guy won. I actually picked Big E on Friday. I, I think I did. I think I picked Big E Friday. I've been, look, how many times have I put this guy over on this show? When I was on the Everything Unscripted show, I put him over. Matter of fact, he was like the guy that I thought would hopefully is the basically breakout star of this year. And I'm still hopeful, man. We still got six months left in, and uh, it looks like they're going that way. So I'm hoping. I'd like to see Big E with that goddamn, you know, either title over his shoulder very soon, in the near future. He does have a year to hold that title, but I'd like to see it in the near future. That's what I, that's what I. Mm-hmm. I don't care who he cashes in on. I don't care. I do not care. Anywho. Um, 
I, again, really fucking good pay-per-view, man, in my opinion. Awesome. Awesome yeah. pay-per-view. So. And like you said before, you know, it helps that the crowd was into it. And this crowd was definitely being very generous with who it was. You know, the amount of times that they cheered everybody that they were cheering for. Oh, the crowd was just happy to be out here. I mean, it's Texas. Not like we've been locked down for a while. But still, the crowd was just happy to be back at a show. You know, and the like I said, I don't have really one complaint about any match on this show. Not one. Mm-hmm. Not a goddamn one. You know, one. oddly enough, not that this really has anything to do with the pay-per-view, but coming home, it's a 600-mile drive to get back to where I live from where I was. And while I was on the road, I ended up seeing two of the uh, WWE trucks. Oh, coming through so that yeah. was kind of interesting i was like ah i'm good that's where the ring is how about that should have followed him <laughs> just have i have him on the horn where you going guys where you going uh all right before we do this mark i actually forgot to do this while we we're talking about cena but i guess we'll just keep it going right here before we do that you had a little kind of a date list here of I mean, if you were wondering how long Cena is going to be back, I think Smart's got an answer. That's right. This is from The Observer. WWE has revealed the full list of appearances that John Cena will be making for them this summer in what WWE is building. Billy. Billy. Yeah. First try every time. Every time. And what WWE is billing as. I even fucked up first try. <laughs> and what WWE was building. God damn it again. When what WWE is billing as the summer of Cena. Cena's schedule has 15 appearances from now through SummerSlam. That includes Cena's already announced appearance on this Friday's episode of SmackDown. Cena will be appearing on five episodes of SmackDown, two more episodes of Raw, seven house shows, and he will also be in a partridge in a pear tree. Ooh. Uh, he will chal- He will then challenge for Roman Reigns' Universal Championship at SummerSlam on Saturday, August 21st. So they have all the dates listed. I won't list all the various arenas and everything. We got July 23rd through the 31st. August 1st, August 6th, August 7th, 9th, 13th, 14th, 15th, 20th, and 21st, which is SummerSlam. Right. So looks like right now we're going to have him minimum up to SummerSlams, Mark. Um, Mm -hmm. And I guess we'll see how everything works out after that. But, boy, putting this out just makes you think, well, that SummerSlam match is kind of going to suck because he ain't winning it if he's going to leave after that. And I do think he has another movie. Let me check his IMDb and see what he has upcoming real quick. And while you do that, I, what I also thought was interesting is that they said, you know, he's going to be doing seven house shows. Now, in all likelihood, he probably won't be wrestling at all seven or maybe even any of those seven unless mm-hmm. he needs like a tune-up match. But... Just the idea that he's going to take the time out of his day to actually show up to that is pretty impressive. I think it's cool for the people that nice little bonus if you go to any of the house shows. Yeah, now, here's what I got here. He's got two movies already completed, The Suicide Squad and something called Vacation Friends coming out this year. He's got one movie coming out in 2022. Actually, let's be honest, he has three movies coming out in 2022. 
Oh, no, I'm sorry. Two movies and a TV series coming out in 2022. Uh, one movie mm-hmm. called Snafu is in post-production. He's filming a TV show, though, called Peacemaker. Is that an old show? I forget. Peacemaker. Sounds like near the name of a reboot of something. I think it might be a reboot of a show, but I'm not 100% sure. I think it might be. I think it might be, but uh, Cena is in there as the peacemaker on that show. So, the titular peacemaker. Thought this was some sort of Wyatt Herb story, though, but I could be wrong. And uh, he's got another movie in pre. He has two movies in pre-production, which means that means he is going to be filming a couple of movies. One is called Argyle, 2022, and the Jansen Directive, which there is no date for. So. He is going to be obviously filming at least two more movies, and that's just according to IMDb. Who knows what he's got, you know, working on and contracted that uh, IMDb doesn't have a, a shot at yet. So, Right. And what's funny is we actually talked about, for sure, talked about Vacation Friends on this here program. I think we did. And basically all I can remember from it was that it seemed like they were, he was cast as being like the lame out of touch white guy and then some sort of like family comedy is what it seemed like it was going to be. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And by the way, if, uh, speaking of wrestlers and movies, if you're uh, looking for that money plane, I believe it is on uh, with Edge. I believe it's on Hulu. Haven't you know, that sounds like that would actually be sort of like a good movie if you want to watch a bad movie. Uh, okay, that sounds right. I'm just like, you know exactly what you're going to be getting. You're not going to be getting Citizen Kane. There's not going to be a lot of complex dialogue or any sort of real shocks, twists, or turns. This is going to be one of those where it's just like, this is acting is kind of cheesy. It's Mm. like kind of corny, but Mm. just entertaining somehow. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe I'll check it out. I usually say that, and then I don't have time, and then I then it expires, and I'm like, ah, oh, I should have watched that. Then I get it, and I watch it. But anyway, um, we mentioned pretty much everything on Raw except one thing. Karen Cross. Boy, did social media lose their goddamn minds Monday night. Good God. Mm-hmm. Monday night and Tuesday was not a good day either. Karen Cross debuted uh, Sans uh, uh, Scarlet um, with a very little reaction from the crowd. I think they were like, "Where's Charlotte?" Or I'm sorry, "Where's Charlotte? Where's Scarlet? Where'd she go? What would they do?" What? What did they do here? Man, I saw people, and he comes out, decent entrance. Now, we've talked before how great that entrance would get over with her in front of a crowd. I think we'll eventually see it. I think they're going to wake up and be like, wow, we need to give him Scarlet back badly. Goes out and loses to Jeff Hardy. Mm-hmm. Mind you, this is the first singles match that he's lost, and that's when they decide they're going to do it. They decided that this like forty-six-year-old man who comes out like 
painted up like a juggalo is the guy who is going to beat somebody that they've like have not had lose a singles match in like two years. Mm. So there you go. There is that. I'm kind of with you. I think at some point they're going to realize their mistake. I don't understand why they're trying to turn this poor man into Mark Marrow. Like, I just don't get it. But at the same time, like, because Scarlet is not just like a regular, she's not just there as eye candy. She actually does add to the act. But at the same time, what are you going to do with her if you, like, decide that you make her a singles competitor? There's already a bunch of, like, you've got Carmella doing the thing where she's, like, her whole gimmick is how attractive she is. You have even Marie, and that's kind of her whole gimmick. Like, you, there's redundancy, I guess, is basically that was a word that kept coming up when Tony Khan was fired. Not Tony Khan, Nick Khan was firing people. <laughs> was <laughs> that's a big difference in names there but when nick Khan was firing people but it's like who so what do you do with her where i like i feel like she's pretty charismatic she's a decent wrestler but like she's she's got a good charisma to her but you already have people on both shows doing a, a version of her gimmick yeah now i don't know and uh sasha baron corbin isn't here saying that scarlet wasn't with him on tuesday night either uh, so I don't know what's going on. Maybe she decided she wants to wrestle instead of be a manager. If that's the case, good luck to Karrion Cross. I mean that... Oh, yes. Well, one of them is definitely going to be pushed over the other one, and this would make poor Karrion Cross the uh, tucker of the group. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> which would make Scarlet the Otis of the group, which is a weird parallel to draw. But like, <laughs> it's not as weird as you would think. She's actually from Chicago, so she has the Midwestern accent going for her. Ah, good. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. But, uh, man, just the, the internet, oh, the fucking social media lost their goddamn mind. Oh, they buried him already. Okay, come on. Guy, guy. Look, was it a horrible way to debut this guy? Yes. They treat him like a monster in NXT, and then he comes out here, and Jeff Hardy gets the best of him. They can continue the storyline, number one, if they want to. Jeff Hardy's not a bad first feud, in my opinion. Not bad at all. We know Jeff Hardy will you know, do the right thing when it comes down to it and do the job at the pay-per-view once it happens, if it happens. But definitely an awful way, awful, horrendous way to debut a guy like that. And then just to have him come out and lose. I saw the stories today. Oh, it, it, Fightful says it was a shot from Vince directly at NXT. Oh, why? Because they're not beating AEW in the ratings. These darn these these darn rookies can't do jack shit. Is that what Vince is saying? You think so? I don't think so. I don't think that's. I think that's a bullshit article. But what do you think, Smart? Yeah, I, I think the time for punishment because of NXT not living up to what they had hoped for ratings wise is over with and I, I i get the idea that maybe you, you know you shouldn't overreact with how they decided to debut him but at the same time we've we've been down this road before of just like uh, this is only one you know with keith lee with ricochet with whoever we want to put in this position where it's like ah, it's one bad week for him it's not that big of a deal and then you just watch as it gets continually worse 
and it kind of already seems like that's what they they're going to end up doing with him just because they're they're starting to strip away the bells and whistles at least on raw so I'm not going to get up in arms about it because I'm not I'm not sitting here. I'm not a member of his fan club. I'm not editing his Wikipedia page on the, the by the hour. But I do feel bad for the guy because this does seem like this is the start of a long and winding road that's going to lead him to AEW. It's you know, this goes back to that Adam uh Adam Cole promo when he was saying how, you know, you Go, you know, they gave you everything. They gave you the girl, the entrance, the lights, and you know, all they got to do for me is ring the bell, and I, you know, I, mm-hmm. I show them what I have. It's almost like he decided that, like, that was a script. Almost like that was completely scripted, and they actually had a plan for that. Because now he's coming out without the girl, without the entrance, without the smoke, without all that shit. So, yeah, like it seemed like a rather inconsequential line at the time, mm-hmm. but it seemed like that might have just been the start of like because we had talked about it before, and I was trying to figure out because it seemed like even before this, people just started to turn on him, where it was just like you know not so much the front office or whatever, but just people online are just like, yeah, he's not as good without his entrance, or yeah, he's been having the same kind of matches over and over again, which he has, but that hasn't been a problem before. No. This has suddenly become a problem. Like you know, I, I not I, I not everybody has followed him everywhere he's gone, but he's kind of been the same thing consistently, just from Lucha Underground to Impact to where he is now. And it's never been a problem before. It's suddenly just become a problem, seemingly out of the blue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dirk said he looks like he fell and prayed. A little bit, and then I heard he came out came out and beat the shit out of whoever. I, f- I forgot who he had a match with on Tuesday. I heard he came out and won. Everyone's like, see, it didn't do anything. Well, well he didn't have a match Tuesday. Ah, okay. Because it, it was the whole sort of crux of the show was Joe comes out, and Joe's mad, and Joe's going to beat his ass. And then William Regal says, that, yeah, you know, you can't be doing this. I brought you on. You have to be provoked. And Joe says he was provoked. And Regal kind of tries not to point out the fact that he's had a week to calm down. So it's not really a provocation. <laughs> but the whole show is built on Joe waiting for Cross to get there, waiting for Cross to get there, waiting for Cross to get there. So it ends at the main event, or the closing segment, is Joe Cross gets there. Joe calls Cross out. Cross is backstage. He does a number. They don't show it, but they show the culmination of the suspected number that he did on William Regal. Because he's like standing over Regal. Regal's there outside in the parking lot, and Regal's just like laying there, and he looks like he's worse for wear. He's all beaten up and whatnot. And Cross has the belt, and he says that hey, having the belt allows him to do whatever the hell he wants. So he holds the belt up and gets back in his car and drives away. It was a pretty cool visual, too, because. You have Cross standing over Regal. It's apparently raining in Full Sail or Florida or wherever the hell they're having. The Capitol Wrestling Center is what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. So they have him standing over Regal, holding the belt up, and there's like lightning flashing behind him. So like it actually did look like a pretty cool visual. Wow. Nice, man. And by the way, Rudd, just to throw some news in there, speaking, speaking of Samoa Joe, uh, two hours ago there was some breaking news. That's right. Breaking. Uh, Samoa Joe has been cleared to compete at NXT TakeOver, the July 27th, 2021 edition of WWE NXT was taped at the Capitol Wrestling Center, and during the taping it was announced that Samoa Joe will be returned to the ring 
as Karrion Cross's opponent. So, NXT TakeOver 36, there we go. And Joe, uh, I, guess on, I guess on NXT Smart, he did resign from his management role. I don't think there's ever really a formal announcement made towards that because the, the, the whole show was just built on him waiting to get there and waiting for an attack cross or have the showdown with cross. So there was never really anything that indicated on this show, but I believe there was a couple, they, I believe they taped a couple. So that might be next week's show or whatever. Ah, correct. Correct. It could be, it could be. So Joe did resign in a little segment with William Regal. So there you go. Looks like he is, um, going to be back in the ring, which that's what he wanted. Man, Triple H, this might be why Vince is pissed. I fire him and you take him back, you son of a bitch. What was actually kind of cool is that they had a conversation between Regal and Joe where they said that and this is if they decide that they just want to not use him on Raw again because of what happened, this is a good way of like sort of retconning this, is that Cross took it of his own accord to show up to Raw. Mm. They, Joe and Regal both said that they didn't know that he was going to be showing up on Raw. He just, like, went rogue. <laughs> so if they decide that, you know, that just didn't go well and they want to try again later down the line, they could just be like, yeah, he showed up with, uh, without anybody's permission. So <laughs> that's what happened. Yeah, there you go. Hey, look, there he is. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, right, what, uh, what else you got on NXT, Smart? I, I, I know I didn't watch, but I know you did, so... Why don't you go ahead with that since yes. you know, we're done with everything else? Go ahead. Well, I will spare you. This is uh, You're going to be really sad that you, you miss the show when you find out that the opening match was Bobby Fish and Crusito versus the Diamond Mind, your favorite favorite group. They, <laughs> Fish and Kushida. I don't know why I can't say Kushida today. Fish and Kushida. It's the, the, the S's are too close together. <laughs> they beat Strong and Rust. Tyler Rust ended up tapping out so there it was it was actually it was a decent match but it's just you know what you're getting when mm. you watch a roderick strong match if you like it you like it if you don't not gonna get surprised so there was <laughs> there was that <laughs> if I, I could recommend anything to like, go back and watch anybody that didn't watch a show kyle o'reilly versus austin theory was that a damn good match it was it was better than i thought it would be you kind of had they're definitely doing the turn now where they're having Theory branch out because you had him being more than just a typical kind of goober character that he is. You had, like, Kyle O'Reilly was kind of shortchanging him, not taking him seriously. And then you had Theory just kind of going back and forth of just, like, he would be in a submission. O'Reilly would have him in a submission and he would still be talking shit to him. And, like, Theory was, like, refusing to tap out to certain moves and just kicking out at, you know kicking out at one and shit like that. Just basically just being a plucky baby face, a plucky, resilient baby face, huh. which he was at the time of the match, a heel and still kind of, I guess is, but you're starting to see that turn. Cause after that, he ended up ultimately losing the match, but it was a really good match. I really enjoyed it. Hmm. But you had like, right after this, you had 
the way backstage and they're like arguing amongst themselves and at one point Indy goes you know we should be allowed to do whatever we want you know if Austin wants to kiss Dexter he can kiss Dexter and like Austin tilts his head like wait a minute hold on what so they keep fighting and he just like grabs his bags Austin Theory grabs his bags and just walks off while they're fighting so I guess that's sort of the swan song for him is he just got tired of hearing them argue every week and he's like you know what I have a personality now I can strike out on my own it'll be (laughs) okay all right. <sighs> but, what yeah, that was good. They, they did another uh, another one of the breakout tournament matches, which allowed me to meet somebody who has my new favorite name in wrestling. Because Andre Chase, not not that name, took on a man who is known as Odyssey Jones, hmm. which <laughs> is a name that is just way cooler than his actual presentation. But still, that was interesting. Uh, Mr. Odyssey Jones won that match, of course. You had some more of the uh, Cameron Grimes, L.A. Knight stuff. You had Cameron Grimes being the butler now. Um, which leads me to believe, like, my favorite backstory of just any wrestler ever was that when Raven came to ECW, he was acknowledged that he was Johnny Polo, but the time he spent in WWF was so traumatic that he ended up becoming Raven because he just had a <laughs> mental breakdown. I would like to believe, because you just have LA Knight just treating Cameron Grimes like shit just the entire time, and Cameron Grimes is still just upbeat and happy. I would like to believe this is sort of the inverse of that, where like Cameron Grimes, in character, in kayfabe, was once a, point, a member of Impact Wrestling. Hmm. And he just, no matter what happens to him, he's just so glad that he doesn't have to be an impact anymore. So just nothing is going to break his spirit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which that's, is why. Uh... And I say that this week because I was like kind of hoping that at one point they were going to prove my theory right. Because you had you had uh, Eli Drake sticking up for him, and at one point I was expecting like Cameron Grimes to turn around and be like, you know, Rockstar Spud, this ain't so bad, buddy. We our show, people can watch our show now. It's not so bad. We're we're not doing our show in front of Josh Matthews' camera phone. Uh, oh yeah, uh, they did that. They did that. But uh, <laughs> they did. They but, did. Yes. So. And then the uh, last match was it was a main event. It was the women's championship match. You had Zia Lee versus Raquel Gonzalez. It was all right. It was it was kind of it was decent. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad. Zia Lee just sort of has a thing where she's kind of going to be what she is. And unfortunately, what she is is not terribly polished. Like, she will fuck up from every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And when she does, it's kind of noticeable. Um, there was a spot in the match, and I'm going to, this is a thing that I sent you, so I'm going to transition from this, from the Observer. There was a little bit of a kind of scary moment. It looked like they did a really good job of making it look like it was part of the match, but at, at some point during the match, they stopped it. And here's why. Zia Lee appears to be okay following her NXT women's title match on this week's NXT. Fightful Select reported that she appeared to be okay. <laughs> well, great. The doctors at Fightful Select say that she appeared okay backstage. Following the bout, <laughs> Lee appeared to be injured towards the end of the match when Raquel Gonzalez landed on her following a springboard sent on splash. A little bit of an editorial here. She looked like she came down on Zia Lee's ribs. Like her full, the brunt of her weight came down on her ribs, and it did look pretty gross. Mm. Uh, the match was stopped as WWE medical personnel tended to her after a couple of moments. The match resumed. Gonzalez quickly went to the finish and pinned Lee to retain the title. But 
I actually I thought it was a workaround because they didn't have any of the bells and whistles. Mm-hmm. There was no smoke. There was no, uh, you know, her whole act. I'm having a heart. I always forget what it is that that lady's called. The old, like, thousand-year-old vampire lady. Uh, um, Mei Ling or something of that nature. Yeah, close enough. But, yeah. But, so, yeah, none of none of the normal accoutrement was present in Xylee's match. So I was kind of figured, wondering how they were going to make somebody that they were making out to be this unstoppable axe kicker look bad or, you know, look vulnerable enough to be beaten. Mm. But they did end up stopping the match temporarily because it did look like she was injured, but they did a good job of making it like seem like it was part of the match and not just something, you know, that was not supposed to happen. So that was interesting enough. But yeah, that was that was NXT. I would say the only thing that really kind of sticks out in my mind is that we've gotten used to with AEW, with SmackDown Friday, with Raw, the pay-per-view, got used to the live crowd, got mm. used to the actual fans there. They're still doing their shows out of the Capitol Wrestling Center, so it looks just a stark contrast and not right. for better. Like it just it looks like it hampers the show quality because the show really wasn't all that bad. But I was seeing people that were saying it was kind of uneventful and boring and just not really liking it. And I think if you actually had it in front of an actual crowd of just bigger than Capital Wrestling Center, that they would it would have been a lot better received. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure, and I'm sure they're gonna get that show back on the road soon. I would assume. Um now, I do have to say, Christopher Kane asks one great question in the chat room. I just saw. Uh, I just saw. Uh, he says, is it just me, or does everyone want to eat ice cream off Mandy Rose's ass? Um, I do. As I said in the chat, I do. I do. And um, I might eat it if it was in her ass. I might eat that, too. I don't know. I just, I don't, probably would. You, know, you could just lodge a nice waffle cone up there. Yeah. Just kind of <laughs> I would like to know what ice cream in particular. Not that it really changes the answer. The answer will still be yes, but I just I would like to know what the treat is in addition to the other treat that I will be receiving. This is like a pistachio situation, a rocky road, mint chocolate chip. I would prefer if it was mint chocolate chip. I don't uh, see I'm not a mint guy, but Rocky Road I think would just be a little uh, a little gross. I think you have to go with like a vanilla maybe. <laughs> Anything chocolatey is just not gonna be good in that area. Uh, my, uh, you, you, because you may not be sure. You're like, oh, that looks like, oh, that's not what that was. So you. Just... <laughs> All right. Anyway, well, yeah, that does that does transition into just a very different type of a fetish. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, oh shit. <laughs> yes, literally. Glass tables involved and things like that. I don't know. Anyway, let's uh. So that was NXT, right, Smart? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't all overall pretty decent. I mean, it wasn't terrible. Uh, like I said, I'd recommend that theory match. I, was, I enjoyed that quite a bit. All right. All right, so there we go. We got that. Um, I guess we get into a little bit of news. And like I said, we'll wrap up with AEW, which was a really good show tonight. Uh, I will start with this. So anyone out there ever want to be a ring announcer? All you got to do now is go to TikTok. WWE, this is uh, courtesy of Sportico. Not quite sure where they are, but they're a business business media site. 
Uh, they're putting this out there. WWE is offering its fans on TikTok the rare opportunity to take part in one of its biggest annual events. The wrestling company is using the social media platform to find two ring announcers for its SummerSlam event next month. Fans can audition via TikTok videos, and a pair of winners will be chosen to announce matches at the event in Las Vegas. Um, basically, they've been doing stuff like this for a while, but this is kind of the first time they're really going to bring people in that actually win this little contest. Um, so it's kind of cool. So if you've been wanting to be that, a ring announcer for WWE, now's your chance. Go on TikTok and uh, give it a shot. <laughs> It's times like these where I always wonder, like, who is the poor intern that is tasked with having to go through these videos? Because there was, we, we were talking about Scarlett, and there was at one point in Impact where Scarlett had, she was doing a talent search. Mm. So if you wanted to, her to manage you, all you had to do was send her the, a video on, I'm guessing, Twitter oh. or whatever. And I was like, man, I hope that this, they don't have the actual Scarlet fucking viewing these videos because they're had with it just all the cocks. Just all the cocks. Oh, everyone in the world. <laughs> yeah, I think mine even got in there in mistake and I don't even use Twitter. <laughs> okay, I, I didn't send mine. I know that. Mm-hmm. I know that. Didn't do that. Didn't do that. Not that I would. I mean, no, I mean, not that I would. No, I wouldn't. I would. Wouldn't. I don't know. You, who knows? Consensual. Right. Con- 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 consent, Mark. Big big word now. Consent. Big word. That's right. Hashtag consensual penis. I get it. <laughs> the old Enzo Amore. Of course. I, I understand. Awesome reference. I love that. That was great. Good. Good callback. Good callback. The consensual penis, holy shit. All right. Uh, (laughs) Christopher Kane says, so now all the Mexicans are in a group. He must be watching AEW. I love when he does this. He comes in and talks about it. (laughs) Yeah, I do enjoy that. It's like a show within a show for the people that are in the Mixler chat. And just personally, I'm entertained by it. But I had forgotten about that particular segment. Out of context, that just seems very odd where it's like i don't know i didn't receive this email what's going on i we'll get into that later let's go ahead and get some of that. i just found it so comical the way he said that <laughs> i mean it sort of is traditional wwe booking AEW is a little bit different but the, the, this has happened in the past yes well i let me try to think of something to justify this, and we'll come back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be something else they have in common. We'll find out next. Jeez. So uh, WWE lately has been uh, canceling some events, Mark. I don't know if you saw this or not. I did, yes. Yeah, they, well, you saw it because I sent it to you. I don't know if you actually read mm-hmm. it. I know actually read well, yeah, sort of, because I was actually going to send it to you as well, because I saw one that they're moving one of the SmackDowns to Knoxville because they weren't selling enough tickets. Yeah, they've moved a couple, and they've just flat out canceled a couple for the same reason. They're not giving reasons, which makes me think the ticket sales are the reason. Now, this was just a... This was a house show. It was a non-televised WWE super show. 
going for the Exact Tech Arena at uh, O'Connell Center in Gainesville, Florida. Show's been canceled. It was scheduled for Sunday, August 8th. No new announcement yet, but this is like the second or third one that they've already had to cancel for no given reason. Um, I don't... Listen, when you make excuses like we're saving the good stuff until the fans come back, you got to give them a reason to come back. And pre... Fans coming back, you didn't really give them a reason to go to the show in the first place. This is, if if it's ticket sales, I think the only, they can only blame themselves, man. They can't blame anybody else but themselves for the shit they put on for the past, I'm going to go three, four months now, would you say? Mm-hmm. So, no one to blame but them on this one. You know, oh, we're... we're Basically, Stephanie said, we're saving all the good shit. We, we read this article. All the good stuff's being saved. We're just going through the motions right now until we get back to it. You know, that's all they're doing. Well, then it's on you because you were putting out shitty content. People don't want to go watch it. <laughs> Duh. What did you think was going to happen? This this is interesting to me in regards to the fact that we have talked about before, and it's not even really an opinion as much as it is there's data to confirm this, and people within the company have said it, that they made a lot more money not doing these house shows, not doing these live events, as Mm. they would prefer that you call it within their corporate rhetoric, but they're making, they're making a lot of money. They're saving a lot of money, but not, not doing these house shows. So it seemed like a weird move as soon as, you know, they started going back in front of live crowds to go right back to doing the house shows. I get the idea of maybe you want to capitalize on the fact that theoretically everybody is going to be so excited for just live events, activities of any sort that you may end up making a lot of money, but Apparently that's still not the case. Like you're still, like you said, they're still not offering them a lot of quality content. And why are you going to be prone, enticed to want to spend money on like a lesser version of content that you already don't enjoy on Mondays or you know Fridays if you don't enjoy SmackDown? You know, you know you're not getting television quality stuff on house shows, which is actually. It would be incentive to me if you weren't getting television based on some of these television shows. But, you know, like you said, you reap what you sow with this. Yeah, I guess so. And, you know, like I said, I mean, first of all, she shouldn't have said that. That's. Yeah, you peasants are getting what you're getting now. But don't you worry when these paying fans come back, we're going to give them something. Well, it's like literally that shit where, you know, everybody. When you're at when you were in school and you had like a day or two before Christmas break or summer break or whatever, you just completely fucking phoned it in. Students and teachers alike, but that's basically what they were saying that they were doing. Is just like you know what we're just letting the time run out until we can actually get in front of people and then we'll start trying again. It's like right. you can't, you shouldn't say that. You really shouldn't. No, no, you probably shouldn't. But Stephanie, she says whatever she wants and. uh you know, 
let's not complain, Smart. Because, hey, you know why, Smart? Let's not complain because... Oh, come on. We're eating good in the neighborhood today. We're eating good in the neighborhood today, Smart. That's why. <laughs> that was such Just a... go back to the Mandy Rose discussion? Or, uh... That was such a bad I mean, commercial. I guess even the Stephanie wouldn't be so bad. Oh, that commercial was so awful. And the bad... Poor Natty is the worst one in it, and she has the most lines. It's awful. It's just bad. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on. I guess, Mark. Now, WWE Smart has filed a baffling, I guess, in a way, trademark. And I, I kind of thought it was a joke, so I immediately jumped over to the trademarkia website that I usually go to and check out every now and then. And it's true, they did trademark the phrase complaining is not conversation. Mm-hmm. They've got the trademark here twice. One's for the entertainment services, you know, like I always say, wrestling exhibitions, blah, blah, blah. The other one is for clothing and video games and all that shit. So... What do you think this is about here, Smart? Complaining is not conversation. <laughs> this is... They're taking a big tonal shift from where they were a couple years ago where you had Triple H coming on TV and saying, oh, you know, my friend Mark always threatens to stop watching, but he always tunes in every week. Now you have like them putting out T-shirts that are like, please stop being mean to us. <laughs> You're not quite so emboldened as you were before. It's like, guys, we have feelings too. Leave us alone. Yeah, and I feel like you could just literally flip that and be like, well, how about conversation isn't complaining, dickhead? Mm -hmm. I mean, really, it is it. Okay, who decides what's complaining and what's pointing out the flaws in your bullshit? Who makes that decision? WWE does. So basically, if they don't like what I'm saying, I'm complaining. And if I'm complimenting them, that's conversation. Is it? Is that where we're going with this? See, I, I, I don't know where they're going with this, so we're obviously speculating a lot of bullshit here. But that's kind of what it seems like. kind of seems like if you're bitching about them, well, that's not worth talking about. And if you're, you know, if, if you're praising WWE, then... Oh, well, that's worth having a conversation over. Well, this is kind of one-sided as fuck. Not like we haven't tried telling you what we want for 15 years now. Mm-hmm. And they do the opposite. So anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yes, I think this is another, another tonal shift from we've listened to our fans. Uh, exactly. Oh, you're the authority. Uh, no, we tried that. That's not working. I guess we've officially been fired. They didn't like how we did our jobs. <laughs> you guys We'll be suck. showing up in the impact zone in a month. Want us, want us to push Zack Ryder, you fucking idiots. Like, you've been proven to not be responsible with the tasks that we have afforded to you. Fuck, fuck you, pay me. All right, pay me to do it, then I'll fucking do it. You fucking assholes wouldn't have cheered for Rusev. We would have let you keep booking the show. Ah, you were mocking him. 
Look out. They're not really cheering Rusev Day. They're mocking you, Rusev. All those ironic t-shirt purchases. They're chanting Rusev Boo. Yeah. <laughs> now here's your royalty check. It's a good one. Real good. Huh. <laughs> 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 oh, shit. So, once again, Smart, complaining is not conversation. Um... You I'm even... looking forward to when they end up <laughs> implementing this, because you know if they, if they have T-shirts and patents, they're going to have to introduce this somehow. Assumingly as clunky as possible, they are going to shoehorn this shit. Just it's going to be week after week. I, I get pictures this being like another stand-up for WWE campaign, and like I just look forward to them just like dedicating time on their shows every week to just wag their finger at us for complaining about their shows not being as good as we had hoped. Yeah, and once again, who makes the decision between complaining and pointing out your stupidity at times and your bullshit? There is a difference. Listen, I'm not going to lie. There are people that are going to complain about everything WWE does. There's people going to complain about everything that AEW does. Jim Cornette. There's people like that out there. But sometimes people really just point out your bullshit and your flaws. And that's not complaining. And who's the decision maker there? Mm-hmm. Well, yes, there's a thin line between, well, you know, there's, there's a difference between just being like, this Raw was repetitive again, and the storylines are dull and drab and endless and pointless and meaningless, and this is going nowhere, to just being like, yeah, I would kind of like to see Angel Garza every now and again, just to know that he's all right. Is, is he safe? Do you have guys have him in a closet somewhere? Is he, <laughs> is he okay? Do you feed him? Do you feed poor Angel Garza? Are there any lights in there? Is, he, is Angel Garza eating good in the neighborhood? <laughs> oh, come on. We're eating good in the neighborhood today. <laughs> Why? Oh, come on. Why is she upset with me? What did I do to wrong you, Natty? What's the temperature in that room? Is there a light? I just every time I hear that hear her say, "Oh, come on!" like that, I just picture her just aggressively elbowing me in the ribs, <laughs> and I don't like it any of the times. She's so, you know, she's always like playing the mom in WWE, and even in this commercial, she's like the mom. Come on, guys, don't make me turn this table around. Mm-hmm. Mike, so if you guys don't fucking change your attitudes, we're not getting dessert. That's right, we're gonna eat shitty. <laughs> I will take your asses to Dairy Queen. We'll get at, chicken tenders. Fuck yeah, dude. They're good, actually. They can be. But, I mean, that that's not the point of this discussion. No. I'll, I'll, I will tell you, though. I've seen, you know, I've told y'all I moved out. I'm in the country now. I got to tell you a difference. We There's a Sonic in Dallas right near where we used to live. And their burgers sucked. For some reason, the one out here in the country, goddamn, their burgers are good. My wife got me one the other night, and I'm like, this is fucking delicious. Holy shit. And I wasn't even that high, and I wasn't drunk. <laughs> I wasn't even. <laughs> I want to qualify that. I want to qualify that, that's it. A, that is a great tagline for Sonic. And I, I wasn't even that high. <laughs> 
Uh, I mean, there's times where I'm like, oh, I'm so high. This is so good. But no, it was really a fucking amazing goddamn burger. Really liked it. It was really good. I don't know. my, And I'm like, why is this so good? My wife's like, because you're in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps. Perhaps. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like their onion rings. Otherwise, in terms of actual food, yeah, uh, don't really care for them too much. I obviously that the whole big thing there is just the drinks. They have a lot of cool drinks. I enjoy their drink selection. I like their coney, the coney dog, the hot dog. Um, mm-hmm. But their onion rings too sweet for me. Yeah, well, the, see that that's that's a thing that causes divide. This is a very hot-button issue within the uh, onion ring community. Mm. Some people prefer sweeter batter. Some people prefer the more savory batter. I'm more of a sweet batter kind of a guy. I am more of a, uh, 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 like, the Fuddruckers has, like, the, they call them, you know, the strings, the that kind of batter, the where you can almost taste the grease going through your arteries. That's what I like. Mm. That's what I like. I, I do enjoy the feeling of like impending death while I'm eating my dinner. Yeah, the the, the salty, greasy onion rings—that's what I like. You know, because <laughs> really, I mean, you can get the grease, but without the sodium, it's not as unhealthy. So I like the sodium. I I, I like the salty instead of the sweet. There you go. Yeah. So you just rather die of high blood pressure than diabetes? Yeah. I guess I don't blame you. Yeah, I mean, diabetes runs in my family. My dad has diabetes, so. Right. I might as well eat while I can. <laughs> that's that's me. <laughs> my God, I would have loved nothing better. <laughs> you can't do it now because now it's been lined up. But if right after that, just sad, I'll eat when I can. If you just hit the fucking button for the eating good, the neighborhood well, I would have fucking, I would have fallen over from laughing. Well, I would, Smart, but I just want you to know, complaining <laughs> is not conversation. So I'm just gonna shut up and not complain about anything anymore. That was quite the detour. I forgot that that was the original topic. We were <laughs> <on>. <laughs> I always talk food, movies, something else. It's all right. It's all right. Get into it. Get, get into it here. But uh, all right. So. There has been another. Here's the two rumors I I wanted to get into. Um, yes, I, I do think it is interesting that we've gone almost two hours without talking about like the only two things that people actually want to hear people talk about right now. My God, have we gone that long already? Almost. Oh, shit. One. Uh, we're probably let's see. One forty-eight. We started about. Yeah, uh, we're probably a good one forty right now. So yeah, 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 we're coming up on that. So. Only got a couple more things, then we'll knock out AEW Fighter Fest, which uh, won't take that long. But there's been a couple rumors, and you're right, Smart, what people were talking about. All day, I believe it was today, um, been hearing rumors that CM Punk has been in talks with a company about a return to the ring. Now, I want everyone to take these, what I've read with a just add an ocean of salt in there because if you read what they're saying, Fightful is reporting they haven't been told that it's official. They haven't been told that it's with a company. They really know nothing. No return date, no timetable, no nothing, no creative plans. So really this is all just like a giant speculation. 
Um, let me just go ahead and read you the article real quick. It's a short one, short little couple paragraphs. FIFO Select reported today that CM Punk has been in talks with a company, a company, about a return to the ring. The company is speculated, speculated to be all elite wrestling. The FIFO report said that they've been told AEW is most likely landing point for Punk, but there's no confirmation of a contract officially being signed, a timetable, a return date, or any creative plans just yet. The only thing that is known, Punk and A Company officially had converse, uh, ongoing conversations about an in-ring return. Of course, nothing is ever fully confirmed until the deal is actually done. Punk nor AEW has yet to confirm the report, but Fightful did. Oh no, Fightful has been told in recent days that the higher ups in WWE believe that Punk is already headed to AEW. So really, this is just speculation after speculation after speculation, and yeah, Dirk is saying Sean Ross Sap is reliable. No one's right all the time. No one's right all the time. I'll say that right there. Maybe he's right about this. This is one of those, uh, I'll believe it when I see it. I, I, you could tell me he's even signed with the company until I see his debut. I'm not going to believe it. I'm just not. Just from what this guy has said, his age, what is he now, mid-40s? I believe so. It has been... He, the last time he had competed, without the exception of like he did a couple of little independent like show up spots where he wrestled under a mask or did things under a mask, 2014 Royal Rumble. Uh, and what was interesting, I try not to you know, parrot everything that they say, but Alvarez is pointing out the fact that it has almost been the same amount of time in between when Punk has had his last match to when he would presumably be having his next match in AEW. It's about the same time as when Bob Backlund came back to the WWF back in fucking 92-ish, I think it was, whatever it was. It was an eight-year gap between when Bob Backlund was last in WWF to when he came back and won the title. It would have been seven years so far. Well, since he's grasping at straws, obviously that makes it completely inevitable that he's definitely coming back to a company. Mm -hmm. I mean, could you grasp at a fucking smaller straw? What I just thought it was interesting that there's been that much of a time frame of just of him not competing because I always I was I looked it up just to see if he was telling the truth about the time frame because I'd always thought that like Bob Backlund had been away for just a fucking eternity like at least a decade or so but it's actually only it was only about eight years and then Punk's only going to have been gone for about seven years if this ends up being true but it's still quite a bit of a ways of time. Yeah, I'm sure Punk's sitting there going, I'm going to come back on the exact same date as Bob Backlund. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... But, yeah, and then, yeah. too, what Derek's saying here, and it's like, yeah, Sean Rossap is pretty reliable, but there's a big, like, there's a lot of fail-safes that are being put into place in this reporting. Oh, yeah. Of just, like, 
you know, he may or may not come back. He may or may not be in AEW. He may or may not do the Chicago pay-per-view. Like, this is just all the kinds of things where, like, if your friend was bragging about, like, a woman that he had hooked up with or whatever, you would call him a liar. Mm. But, yeah, we may or may not have gone out at a date. We may or may not have ended up at my apartment. We may or may not have hooked up. I may or may not have, like, spent the rest of the night just crying and jerking off in a closet somewhere. Like, it's just, there's, like there's a certain amount of ambiguity. My God, going to the bathroom. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, it's his house, you know. <laughs> he, it ends up being revealed that, you know, much like how Punk might not come back, this guy never actually hooked up with this person. He's just, like, jerking off in his apartment crying. Go to a bathroom. My God. Mm-hmm. Jerk off in the cloud. You gotta clean that shit. <laughs> but I, I, I just do like this, where it's just like there's a million different variables, and I would also just like the idea of Punk just showed up at like fucking Impact. Like everybody's expecting him to like go to AEW or whatever. He just shows up. He's like, I want to wrestle fucking Fawaba, whatever. <laughs> it's just like the most anticlimactic return of just having like a fucking show. I want to wrestle on Twitch. That's what I want to do. There you go. There you go. That would be fucking hilarious. But you're, you're right. They do give themselves a lot of little, like you said, fail safes. Um, again, no confirmation of a contract officially being signed. No timetable, no return date, no creative plans. Uh, this is like, listen, we heard something, all right? And now we're going to tell you. But you can't tell anyone, even though we just told you, all right, there. We heard... You know, this is fucking that uh, REO Speedwagon song. Heard it from a friend who. Heard it from a friend who. Heard it from a friend who. You were messing around. That's right. Take it on the run, baby. If that's the way you want it, baby. That's it. There used to be a thing back in the day where, like, if it was a debut or if it was supposed to be a big, like, somebody was jumping chip from one company to another where they would just like post a photo of a wrestler at of the wrestler at an airport and be like, Oh, this was taken today. This was, he's going to show up on the pay-per-view. This is what this kind of seems like. Mm. Like this is the modern version of just like, we haven't talked about CM Punk going to AEW in a while. So here it is. It might happen. It might not happen. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, now speaking of who knows and rumors, Let's go to rumor number two here because, once again, I'm on Punk. I say, show me when I see him in the ring, I'll believe it. Done. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, on the heels of that, like I said, we've got another little rumor going around. And right before the show, actually, just four hours ago, it said, uh, for what it's worth, Body Slam is reporting exclusively, remember that word, just them right now is reporting that Daniel Bryan is officially with AEW. The article states the following. In an update as to the future of Bryan Danielson, formerly known as Daniel Bryan, a source I have spoken to has told me that he is locked in and has 100% already signed a contract with AEW. In addition, I was told that Danielson was wanting to work less dates for comparable money. He wanted the ability to be able to work in Japan and wanted to have created creative input on his character, which he got. There are also tentative plans in place for Danielson's AEW debut. Mm. Okay. I, I, I've seen this a couple more times since it came out. I don't know if they're copying and pasting, but this would be pretty cool to see Daniel Bryan in AEW. 
I think he'd be a great addition to that company and actually get some damn good matches out of a lot of people. And as Christopher Kane says, he, he'll get the job to Cody Rhodes as Cody Rhodes literally just blows himself in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also know that this guy is a very family-oriented and with his wife, always Bree, always talking about that making a comeback. I just don't know he would do this. Now, you look at Aleister Black and Zelina Vega. Zelina Vega Stone just came back to WWE, so they obviously put her on a contract, and he's over there. So it's not like it's unheard of. Um, but I don't know if... I mean, listen, if you if if you decide between the punk story and this story, this one's probably more credible. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> that is sort of the weird spot that we're in, where it's just like one lone rogue website is reporting this. And I thought the same thing was like this punk story is like, I don't believe this. Like, we, we've been here before. And then it's just one website. It's just like, yeah, this is one guy that I know told me that Daniel Bryan signed it with them. I'm like, yeah, that seems possible. Like, I for whatever reason, I seem like this seems more likely. There's just some details in this. Uh, work mm-hmm. less dates, that's something. Comparable money, that's a nice detail. Uh, work in Japan, a detail. Creative input, that's a detail. The other article's like, hmm, something might have happened. This one's like, look, we heard this happen, and we got a few little facts to talk about here. Yeah, we feel pretty good about this. Yeah, which, again, I think he'd be a great addition to that company. He probably would get everything he wanted in that company because a lot of these guys already do what he's talking about and work. You know, they they let their guys go out to other companies and make some extra money, and um, I think that'd be really cool to see Daniel Bryan have a few dates in AEW, a few dates over in New Japan, wherever, or wherever he decided to go over there in Japan, and uh, creative input on his character. That's kind of a weird one. His character isn't really a character, so. Oh, yeah. Chris well, Rick, yeah, you know. but I mean, just how he's presented and the sort of things that, you know, he wants to do and doesn't want to do. I, I can get that. And then, like, you know, it's not that anything that you haven't already said, but just the idea of it also lines up with the, with the fact that we've been talking about before, that he wants to do all these different things. He wants to have different matches and go to different companies and, you know, try out a couple of things or just be able to relive certain things that he enjoyed with his run on the independent scene before it's time to finally call it quits. Mm. And the, also the idea of, like, if this actually is true, depending on how long he intends on staying with them if he actually wants to be in this in the long haul it's you know we've talked about before it's, he's been put over before as being a pretty good creative mind mm-hmm. so that could be another good asset for them is to have somebody who's smart and seems to have good ideas pitching storylines not just for himself but for other people yeah and uh christopher Kane brings up a great point is total divas canceled i don't I don't know. Maybe they, maybe he knows they're not getting another season. There might be something he knows that we don't. Um, but I don't know. I'd like to see it. I'm going to stick with the old, uh, I'll believe it when I see it. It's a good question, though, because we were talking about, uh, apparently they're not going to be redoing Total Bellas. 
So that's not going to be happening. And then we already, you know, it's common knowledge. We've talked about it, but it's talked about it. They've gotten rid of Lana. Renee Young's not really there anymore. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people that were on that show are not even in that company anymore. So it's like, what are you going to do? Are you just going to have the Bellas and then like Natty and her weird incestuous relationship with her sister? Is that, that all you're going to be doing with that show or what's going on with that? I mean, that's a good story, but, uh, <laughs> Well, yes, it's a heartwarming uh, family tale of um, licking whipped cream off your sister's feet. Anyways. Okay. Yeah, anyway. Um, the <laughs> only thing we have left is AEW and a couple little things to tie into there with news. Can we take a pee break? Uh, we certainly can. I see no reason why we cannot. Hope that's all right with everybody. Take a quick break. And I mean quick, and we're not going to be able to do this on YouTube, so I need to either slow down drinking or uh, bring in a fucking... <laughs> Savor the pee breaks now before we hit the big time and don't take pee breaks. Bring in a fucking antifreeze bottle or something. Uh, empty, of course. Uh, anyway, let's. Uh, we're going to take... Hey, a... it's your antifreeze bottle. You can do whatever you want with it. Thank you. You bought it. It's you're the fucking you're an American, damn it. Goddamn America, goddamn right. All right. Anyway, we'll be right back. Uh literally probably be two, three minutes at the most, and we'll be right back here. Listen to the music, enjoy, and we'll see you soon. All right. All right, we are back real quick. Appreciate that. Needed needed to be done. Needed to be done. Absolutely needed to be. So there we go. We got that done, and uh, we will uh, jump right back into the show here. We will. Uh, we were gonna get Fighter Fest taken care of, and uh, that's about all we got left. And we will wrap up right after that. AEW Fighter Fest Night Two, Smart. Mm-hmm. Night two, we got fans back in uh, attendance over here at AEW also, which uh, started a couple weeks ago, I believe. Um, That's right. First match we had out there was the Chris Jericho versus Sean Spears, where Jericho was not allowed to use the chair. This was the first uh, labor match of Jericho's. Now, Spears was allowed to use the chair in this match. Jericho wasn't. MJF was on commentary, and I gotta say, in my opinion, Smart, MJF was the best thing about this match because this match was not that good. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, it is what it is. I was never really somebody who was super high on Sean Spears. I, I saw that he definitely had a lot of people in his, you know. In his fan base, he had a lot of people that he'd gotten over with, and, and sometimes, with especially you know him being in NXT and being in WWE or whatever, I kind of just assumed that maybe some people had seen stuff from him that I hadn't seen and just mm. hadn't been given the opportunity to shine, you know, and do things of his own volition, have his own creative output, that kind of thing. He's had these opportunities now. And it kind of seems like he's about the same person that he was before. Yeah, it really does. It really does. It's just... First of all, this gimmick doesn't work on him. This badass, 
oh, look, just because I have a mohawk, I can kick your ass. Um, no, it just doesn't work. And I, I want to say it's because he's too much of a pretty boy. I think it is. I think he's just a bit too much of a pretty boy for this kind of character. But then you got Guevara, who, you know, end up stopping Tully in this match. And he's like this pretty boy, but can still pull off that kind of badass better. I I don't know, because I, I literally I'm gonna contradict myself when I when I talk about these guys. <laughs> so I'm not quite sure where Spears doesn't connect with the crowd, but I guess it's not that he's too much of a pretty boy for this character. It's just this character doesn't fit him at all. It seems so forced. And then Guevara's character doesn't seem forced, which is why it fits him a little better. Again, he's just, I know he's not supposed to be this big badass. He's more of a good time and member of the, you know, inner circle. But I don't know, man. Well, yeah, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there because I was kind of thinking the same thing later on in the show with Orange Cassidy, how they had him kind of step out of his normal box, no pun intended, that they put him in and have him just sort of be a little bit of a different character towards the end of his match. Where it's one thing if that's not your persona 24-7, that you're like this rugged, badass, tough guy, which they're trying to have him be and it's just not working. It's it's one thing if you can be put into that position, if you can, if circumstances dictate that you decide that you need to be a little bit tougher and show off a little bit more of an edge versus if you have to carry that persona around 24-7. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's a perfect way of describing that. You kind of hit the nail on the head with that. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, now, I do got to say this. Even though I did not personally like this match, I got a, a, a again. It wasn't a horrible match. Jericho, I, honestly, I feel like Jericho was doing everything he could to try to get a good match out of this guy. Um, but I got to tell you, the crowd ate this fucking match up. They ate up everything these guys were doing. They had the crowd in the palm of their hands, mostly Jericho, of course. But the crowd loved it. Tully getting involved, they loved. Guevara coming out and stopping him, they loved. They were loving everything Jericho was doing. So, and and I got to tell you, I think this was the match the crowd was hottest for. I really think the next match kind of just chilled them the fuck out. They cooled off in the next match. Heated back up in the Orange Cassidy match. And uh, we're pretty good for the Moxley match. But I think the crowd was hottest for this first match right here. So I guess it doesn't matter if I liked it. The live crowd was really into it. So maybe they saw something I didn't. Yeah, could be. And I mean, just obviously, you know, for a lot of people, this is their first time back doing anything right. of this magnitude. The very least, the first kind of wrestling show back. So just that initial anticipation. Like, we're going to be seeing a lot of, I think, a lot of weird dips and dives, hills and valleys between crowd reaction uh-huh. of just, like, people that are going to be so eager to just get the emotions out there and to be able to experience something. And then just as time goes by, kind of the law of diminishing returns, even just throughout the night of where it's like, oh, we, we, we might have gotten a little too excited for this thing at the very beginning, and <laughs> now we're a bit spent. Yeah, a little bit. So... Uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, again, great having these crowds back and knowing, you know, 
you couldn't really even use the phrase, oh, this guy is so over. Who the fuck is he over with? Really? Who, who, who were people over with at the time? I know AEW has at least had some fans in for a good long time, but as far as WWE, they had fucking screens up there that were being told how to react. So no one, in my opinion, has been over in WWE because there's no one to get over with. But we're right. finding out who was technically over or who people were interested in at minimum by the live crowds coming back. So... I think it's a good thing having I mean, the crowds. Jericho was kind of going as far as to say that of just like, you know, he's been saying people have been asking him who's over, who's not over. He's like, I don't know right nope. now. Like, we're going to find out, but I, right now, I can't, I can't tell you. Well, I didn't hear that, but I agree with Jericho. That's exactly, exactly who are you over with? What, the IWC that people make fun of and no one fucking listens to because you're down in your basement with fucking Cheetos and a Mountain Dew? Right. Well, and that's another thing is like he was talking about because the, the episode that I'm kind of referencing, it was the episode a couple of weeks ago. He was talking to Lana and I, I don't necessarily recommend people listen to that. <laughs> but but the kind of idea was that like the only real like frame of reference that you have is people on Twitter, mm-hmm. which even if you're not overly sensitive, people on Twitter can tend to be more negative than positive. It's hmm. so, like you're getting a lot of just things that people didn't like and not so much things that people did like kind of like yelp reviews so this is like when you have a bunch of different people telling you you suck you're like yeah but not everybody thinks i suck right like that's what i need to know it's like they're there who who does like this shit you know yeah yeah and really you do because it's just again there's no there's been no gauge and now we've got it and speaking of gauge smark was that oh. was that fucking smooth or what, dude? That was fucking. Well, if that wasn't smooth, your overusage of the word "fuck" is a perfect transition as well. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Jericho wins this match, and uh, MJF is a little pissed off and starts announcing what's going to happen. And you know what? Instead of me trying to tell you exactly what the hell happened, there we go. against me but since you love to break the rules so much Chris next week I say why have any labor number two will be a no disqualifications match and it will be against a man who also doesn't mind breaking a few rules a man who is the most sadistic the most twisted the most criminal human being ever to step foot inside of a squared circle He once stabbed his opponent in the jugular. He once robbed a bank with no mask on. Ladies and gentlemen, labor number two, Nick freaking Gates! Get 
All right. There you go. Let me tell you something. Smart. Um, I saw a lot of backlash for this. Oh, they got this piece of shit low life motherfucker. Okay, first of all, wrestling is filled. And when I say filled, I mean ingrained in pieces of shit and low lowlifes. It's a, it's, it's a fucking carny business, and that's what you're going to get, is pieces of shits and lowlifes who like to fucking travel. This is what you're going to get in this goddamn business, first of all. Now, you say what you want, but did you just hear that fucking crowd for him? Mm-hmm. For a guy that you think nobody would fucking know, that was a damn good pop. And I'm going to tell you something. I am happy for Nick Gage right now. You know, thanks to uh, Shaheen, we have, uh, you know, I, 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 we had an interview with him. I've actually spoke to the guy. Really, he's not a bad guy. He's just made some bad decisions, which uh, all of us have done. His might have been a little worse than some of the decisions we've made. But, uh, hey, he's him. You're you. You know, what's, what, what are you going to do? I am extremely happy for Nick Gage, though. This is a, an incredible moment for him. This is an incredible moment for GCW. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Seriously, this really is. And, you know, it's funny, you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, all these little things about how, you know, th- there, there was a shot at Vince from, you know, his own company to NXT, his own company. And we got all these companies working together. You know, kind of the old symbiosis, and then you yeah. got, you know, then you, know, you got WWE. Who, oh yeah, we're willing to work with anyone as long as it's beneficial to us only. Right. But I am, I, I the pop. I, I am so glad he got the fucking pop he got. Number one, and number two, I'm just glad to see that Gage is going to get a shot in AEW. I really, really am. And especially being able to do what he does best. Fucking death matches, dude. Nick fucking Gage. I mean, dude, they're not going to be able to stop the crowd from chanting that when he comes out. Right. I'm, 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 I'm ecstatic for the guy. I was shocked to hear. First of all, when he said robbed a bank, I was like, are they bringing out fucking Gage? Right. And he comes out. So now, Smark, I know he's up in uh in, in your uh, not in your area, but I know you 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 always have seen Gage on some uh, on some shows. I've seen him on some shows. You know, once again, I, I'm not trying to you know kiss any ass here, but thanks to Shaheen, we did get to speak to him, and I did get to see a lot of Nick Gage because of Shaheen having the relationship he did with GCW at the time and when Nick Gage got out of prison. So, but uh, you know, then you know, thank God for that. But I. I am ext- I I am so happy for Gage right now. This is such a big opportunity for him, for GCW, for Deathmatch Wrestling. Just I mean the list goes on, dude. On and on. Yeah, yeah, and I mean I do I do watch GCW as often as I can. And I I do feel good for him. And that this thing is like obviously he has a huge fan base you know, on the independent scene. And I don't think it's exaggerating or hyperbole at all to say that he is probably the most over person on the independent scene right now. But you don't know how that's going to translate in front of larger audiences, in front of like these stadium crowds that an AEW has or that WWE has until they come out. 
Mm-hmm. So you just you never quite know for sure. So it felt nice to be able to see him come out and see him get that reaction from a large scale crowd like that. Yeah. Of, you know, several thousand people versus, you know, a couple hundred. So that felt nice. And then just the idea of regardless of how long this is going to be, whether this is going to be a potentially a, you know, couple of months, couple of years, whatever, or if this is just going to be, a, you know, a little bit of a one off. This is still a big moment for somebody like this to come mm. to be on this full, you know, this big, large scale to be wrestling on fucking TNT after <laughs> robbing a bank. You know, like they said, this is a big moment. This is like sort of making it to the big time, so to say. And that, that's really cool to see. And that's a, that's a really cool thing for him. And not only that, but it's not just a matter of this guy's getting a shot. This guy's going to get an opportunity to like lose in two minutes. <laughs> you know, he's not getting this is not a, an opportunity to get squashed. This is they're bringing him in as a ringer. Like the M, this is MJF's a ringer. This is a you know deathmatch expert, as it were. And you have MJF putting him over huge. You have Chris Jericho going back to a different persona in order to meet the threat that he imposes. Like they are giving him a big platform. They're just doing mm. the best they can to make him look as good as humanly possible, which is something that you just you would not see in WWE. You would not see that for somebody that they're bringing in you know, right off the bat, first match with the company, they're, they're doing everything they can to make him look at to, out to be this big, huge star. Yeah, man. Yeah. Great. Uh, j- again. And, you know, rumor is that, uh, I, I don't know if it's rumor or if, it, or if Chris Jericho put out a little tweet saying he's uh, bringing back the pain maker for this match. Yeah, he did, well, he did a promo. He did the promo uh, I right before the main event missed it. on dynamite where he has a, uh, leather jacket with the, like the road warrior-esque spikes on him yeah. and he has like the little like juggalo face paint or baseball fury paste however you want to do it he's got the, the face paint going on doing the old pain maker thing that he did in new japan they put over how big like all the various high profile matches he won in new japan as a pain maker and how you know can he rise to the occasion again like basically he needs this persona in order to be competitive you don't know how much it warms my heart when you make warriors references yeah you know i do what i can no i'm 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 dead serious dude it just warms my heart when i hear you make warriors references because that literally is one of my favorite movies i absolutely love that movie we did my mom's oh wow we did me and anthony reviewed that movie uh on the early episodes we did it too early I, i i shouldn't have done it i shouldn't have done it i should have waited I got so much more to say on that movie. I could do like eight episodes on the Warriors, to be honest with you. Same. I mean, I get that because that's a tough balance of just like how many you want to get a couple episodes under your belt so you know what you're doing. But then you also really want to talk about some of the things that you've always wanted to talk about. So it's like it's hard. Like I was fortunate enough to join you guys for like Dave Chappelle, Chappelle show, Rocky mm. or picture show, that kind of stuff. And I could talk about those things for just fucking eternity. Yeah. That, that, that Rocky horror one was good. Cause we compared the n- old one to the new one. Um, so I, I, I liked that. I, I, I liked all the episodes we did, man, but, uh, I don't know, man. I'm, uh, after my birthday, I'm looking to bring back, the old hangout. I am more than itching to start talking about movies. So um, be prepared. I would say I'm, I'm 
it's it's gonna happen. I'm, I know I keep saying it, but uh, definitely need to find a night to do that show and uh, do that because I'm itching to talk about actors and movies. I've watched, been watching, like I said before, I've been watching so many John Candy movies, like I said a few, couple, a few weeks ago, and just, I want to do this. So, I don't know, man, but, uh, all right, where were we here? Where were we? The pain maker? Yeah, we just got, no, we were just talking about the... Uh, Debut of Nick Cage, so we just got past the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the opening match. Um, well, last statement: Congratulations, Nick Cage! Congratulations, GCW! Mm-hmm. There you go. So uh, we will see what happens with that next week. Gallows had the next the next match against the Elite Hunter, Frankie Kazarian. Holy shit! If anyone doesn't look like they could hunt anything. Frankie Kazarian is the man that looks like he couldn't hunt anything. Mm-hmm. Anyway, decent match. Um, again, I felt the crowd cool off a little bit here for this match. They were, uh, you saw him sitting a lot more in this match. It just wasn't a very hot match. Gallows did win. Um, him and Anderson continue beating down Kazarian. Omega and Callus comes out. Omega's just about to his hit, hit Kaz, and Hangman comes out, and... Drink in hand, but I got to say it once again. Hangman is over as fuck with this AEW crowd. Every AEW crowd seems to love this guy. So they are doing what they said they were going to do. They are making this guy a fucking star, and he is going to be a hell of a champion. I think he was champion once already, but uh, was he or not? Tag team champion. Tag team champion. There you go. He's going to be a hell of an AEW champion when he is, so... uh, but uh, I thought it was funny when Callus told Pay, oh, you're outnumbered. I'm like, well, what the fuck do you think is going to happen? Dark Order's going to come down. And, of course, they did. Um, and kind of uh, and saved the day, of course. But, uh, dude, that fucking buckshot lariat by that had some fucking oomph on JBL would have been proud of that motherfucker he did. Mm-hmm. He got some fucking spring off that rope, dude. That looked good. That looked good. Yeah, definitely. And and they've done a really good job of just building the inevitable match between Paige and Omega. They already had, you know, the one right when they separated as a tag team on one of the pay-per-views. It was, it was a pretty good match, but they put enough time and distance between them. And their characters have changed so much that it's going to be pretty interesting when they actually do end up having that match. And potentially if... A page ends up winning the belt too, which I think is a very strong possibility. Mm-hmm. Very strong possibility that he may do that. So, I guess we will find out though. But um, like I said, Page they're they're doing a great job getting get him getting Page over on this show. Um, they said they were that they were going to make a huge star out of this guy, and I feel that they're definitely doing it. One. One week at a time, they are doing it. They're doing it. So, uh, next after that, we had Wheeler, Utah. Came out with Orange Cassidy. Darby Allen came out with Sting, of course. I liked this. I mean, the match was, well, it's starting to become just the usual Darby Allen match, you know, but these guys had a really good match together. Um, Sting and Orange Cassidy had a funny little 
interaction right before the finish of the match. I thought their little kicks were hilarious. <laughs> I, I got to give Sting all the credit in the world because, yeah. like, I, I understand now. If I didn't understand before, I understood now. His decision to, they, they do this slow kick exchange. And, you know, they do all of this. And then towards the end, they both hit the same, like, step back and put all your weight into it. And they, they both just kind of step back a little on impact. Orange Cassidy does his little taunt. And then Sting does the beat his chest taunt, but he does it at half speed. And I was just like, that was a wonderful decision to just keep going, even doing your signature taunts just in slow motion. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I see Sensible Sam. Uh, welcome. Good to see you. Um, mm-hmm. Talking about Max Headroom, I happen to own all the DVDs of Max Headroom. Hmm. There was an to... incident. It was fairly well publicized that somebody... Uh, like several years ago, obviously, like probably decades at this point, hacked into local Chicago television station and were they were playing like Max Headroom clips oh, and stuff yeah. like during one of their newscasts. Oh yeah, and a lot of people didn't know what it was, so it was like confusing and disturbing oh, a lot of people. That's sad. I was a fan of that show. I thought it was pretty cool. I liked it when I was a kid. My my dad would sit and watch it with me. My mom thought it was absolutely awful but hmm max headroom walked along that yeah, old post in the mixer chat there's a whole wikipedia article dedicated to it but wow little tv show watch alongs i've been again i've talked many times about doing something with uh nypd blue in that kind of fashion and uh, i'm still still kicking around a few ideas anyway um I like this match, though, like I said. Um, <coughs> Utah did not win this match, which I was a little... Utah, sorry. Didn't win this match, which I was a little shocked about. Not really. Darby, they're trying to put over really hardcore. So, But uh, as uh, after the match, Orange Cassidy is helping uh, Utah out of the ring. And Blade just clocks him with the brass knuckles. Mm-hmm. So we got that right there. And... Um, what else? You got any more on that match, man? No, I mean, it was a pretty good match. Like they said, they did a good job putting over the fact that Darby was still injured after doing the coffin drop through the actual coffin onto Ethan Page. Right. And how he's sort of in this match with somebody who's even potentially even worse for him because he's going up against this technician who can manipulate all of his vulnerable body parts and areas that are banged up and sore from the week before. Ooh. So the idea that they're actually doing just any form of continual selling in any f- form of wrestling is, is sort of surprising. The continuity of actual injuries, kayfabe injuries at least, mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But, and you know, it, it, you bring up kayfabe injury, and meanwhile, you know, we go to the Orange Cassidy versus the Blade, and he ended up beating him, but... Uh, I will say, though, we'll jump into that match for a second. After that match ended and Cassidy got the win and he hit um, Blade with the knuckles, man, that crowd went fucking ape shit. Right. That crowd went ape shit. He, and you know, it's funny. I saw a little, uh, some sort of uh, Twitter post where someone's like, a woman and a 
you know, and a guy who doesn't even try are your biggest fucking draws on this show. And WWE can't fucking do shit, basically. Can't break, you know, he's barely breaking. They've had good ratings lately, but it's all just you know, nostalgia boosts. But it's true, man. Orange Cassidy and Britt Baker are their two biggest draws on these shows. And they have been for a very long time. Both of which organic, homegrown talent. So. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Not WWE cast-offs. Exactly. And Paige, Adam, Adam Page is about to be, like, you know, like I said, he's about to be another one that's over as fuck you know, right now. And I think that's just going to keep growing and growing. Um, but, uh, yeah. I, yep. Yep. So after that match, though, we get the Nyla Rose versus with uh, Vicky Guerrero. Uh, Britt Baker comes out. She's got uh, Rebel hobbling down to the ring with her, which I like. <laughs> it's always awesome. I got to tell you, though, I really wasn't in this match, but uh, Britt did make Nyla tap out at the end. I, I don't know how much you got on this, but I... I, I the, this has nothing to do with nothing but the absolute wrestling ability. I just want to say that Nyla is just not that good in the ring. Not that good in the ring. She when she put Britt in that uh, that chokehold during the end of the match, she barely grabbed her. Mm. It was like she was tickling her. I'm sorry. It's just, again, this has nothing to do with anything but wrestling ability, in-ring ability. That's it. And she's just not that great in the ring. Sorry. Not that she's hurting people, but not that great. I will say for a TV match, I thought it was solid. Like, it wasn't like this all-time great. Because I, I went as far as to recommend that theory match from NXT. I, I wouldn't go as far to be like, oh, you need to check this match out. Like, it, it wasn't that good. It was decent. But then there was, I, I, I liked the moment, the, the spot where they tried to do the old, Britt Baker tried to do the old throw the belt and lay down thing. Mm. But then Vicky Guerrero was like, no, 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 this looks awfully familiar. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. So she purposely threw a monkey wrench into that. I thought that was cool. They did that. But then there was that moment where <clears throat> I think Britt Baker had gone for the glove and then she did the roll up. That like roll up maneuver that she did, oof, she came with about in a about an inch away mm. from breaking her neck. Because it yeah. was just like she, it looked like she just barely cleared reversing Nyla's body and pinning her. Because it was just like it looked like she was about to land on her head, and it was like that would have been very bad. Because they, unfortunately, they have an, a history together of just unfortunate incidents, injuries that happen while they're wrestling each other. So I was like. Ooh, that was a catastrophe that was very narrowly avoided. Well, I'm always happy when Britt Baker leaves a match without bleeding. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, uh, like I said, I really wasn't that into the match, but I was watching, and I was not that great. But Britt did everything she could, but you're right. She did have that one little botch where it was a little e. So, now... Smart, we got another uh, debut tonight. Chavo Guerrero mm-hmm. comes out with Andrade. 
I gotta say, I prefer this over Vicky with him. Uh, I think this makes sense. And Chavo, you know, you can say what you want about Chavo, but he can talk. Yeah, he did a good job of talking him up. Absolutely, Chavo can talk, and I've I, I, I've always given him that. I. I'm not crazy about Chavo in the ring. I'm not saying he's awful. He's he's just not a Guerrero in the ring, in my opinion. He's not Eddie. He's not. He's just not. Doesn't have the 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 charisma in the ring that Eddie had. Which I know it's bad, but I think a lot of people compare him to Eddie as their you know kind of goalpost. Not a great thing to do, but uh, Chavo is Andrade's new executive consultant, and I think this is going to be a good role for him. Again, Vicky, Vicky with him didn't fit very well. This, I think, fits much, much better. Um, th- again, the whole segment, Death, trial, Death Triangle ended up coming out at one point. Um, Phoenix is back. we got to mention that. Phoenix mm-hmm. back and ready to go. And there was a lot of Spanish in this segment that I did not understand. <laughs> I, I had I had the unique problem of like understanding some of it, but not all of it. And then as I like pieced together the parts that I understood, to be like, okay, so that sentence he was saying, I, I missed the next sentence. So like I would just like I would find myself and then get lost again. So <laughs> that yeah. was a bit of a thing. It was I. I think it was funny because I thought that he had did it as an intentionally a good line because you had Chavo, you know, like you said, they were switching back and forth between Spanish and English and Hector, or Chavo, I don't know why I called him Hector, Hector Guerrero. No, that's not who that is. No. Chavo Guerrero. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. 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 Tells Pac, he's like, you know, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this very clearly in English because you're the only one that doesn't speak. You're the only person that speaks one language. Right. And like everybody groaned, everybody's like, "Oh, that's a good, that's a good insult." And he's like, "No, no, I, I didn't mean anything by that." I'm like, "Oh, okay, well, I, I kind of like the idea of you just like bragging that, you know, everybody else has English and Spanish down, but you only have taken the time to learn one language." It just kind of like because he Chapo's the heel on this, so he's like, mm, "You know, yeah. you unsophisticated, uncultured swine, you only speak one language." Yeah. But then he quickly backpedaled from that, and I was like, "Ah, if you would have just left it, that could have been like good heel work." Yeah, but it was a backhanded compliment. He's like, "Oh, I, look, I, I, I didn't mean that, you know, in any way. I just or in any dig. I, I, I just meant it the way I meant it." He, he, right. he, he pulled it back, but he didn't. He, he, he yeah, pulled it back with that. a. With a, with a little qualifier at the end is what he did. So, I, I again, I think it makes a lot more sense having uh, Chavo um, come out. To be honest with you, having Andrade come out with another woman just seems very familiar. Yeah. So, bringing him out with Chavo, and once again, say what you want about Chavo, but the guy can talk. So... I think that's going to work for Andrade. Not that he can't talk, but his accent is a little thick. Not too thick. Not like, right. not Nikki Cross thick, like, oh, fuck, I got to concentrate thick. But I think it's going to be better to have Chavo out there with him doing his thing. I was actually thinking about that because while I was watching 
because they've been alternating between with like Pac having travel issues or whatever. Right. Or, you know, they've just gone down the back burner of having uh, Pentagon and Phoenix go between Kingston and Pac just back and forth of being like their third man. And I was like, man, the, the difference in accents between Eddie Kingston and Pac are just a fucking mile, just miles away from each other. That thick, thick, thick British accent versus the thick, thick, thick New York accent is just <laughs> like, you have to pay attention for both of them, but you're just getting a very different, thick layer of cultural accents. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, you are. But uh, I don't know, man. I'm going to tell you now, this is going to be a hell of a feud. I, mm-hmm. I, I know Christopher Kane's like, oh, look, they put all the Spanish guys in one little unit there. But I, it's going to be good no matter what. The crowd was chanting for fucking uh, Zero Miedo. They were all, all for Penta. In that in that segment, by the way, um, but uh, I guess we can go ahead and get into the last match here, Smart, which was uh, Moxley versus Lance Archer. Uh, Archer came down with Jake Roberts, who, by the way, um, announced yesterday. Uh, Jake Roberts said that he did a uh, sign a two year extension to stay with AEW. Once again, I feel that it's. Uh, a good thing with Jake being able to do something like this. And um, I'm liking what he's doing. It's not like he's out there every week taking bumps or everything or anything or everything or anything. But uh, I think this is good for Jake to be out there back with the guys back on the road and traveling a little bit. And um, I don't know. I think that's good that he signed. We're going to see Jake for at least two more years. That's a good thing in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. You know, we talked about it like a couple of weeks ago, I think, or just maybe even a week ago about kind of stuff that he's been through. So just to see him, you know, have more solid stuff to be able to fall back on in his life is always a good thing. Yeah, definitely, man. You know, after uh, I mean, we were talking about uh, Beyond the Mat and all the stories we saw with him. And I mean, literally, the guy was doing matches for crack. Mm-hmm. I'm not being hyperbolic. I'm not being facetious. I'm not being funny. He literally was doing matches for crack. And to see him now out there, and not, not that he gets involved a lot, but just to be able to see Jake looking healthy and obviously feeling healthy, which is great. And he's had a couple of surgeries and everything. I, again, warms my heart, Smart. So, but, uh, this was a match for the oh, for the uh, IWGP US title. This was a Texas death match, Mark. And Archer Archer got a great hometown pop here. Mm-hmm. Very much so. It was interesting because like I was just kind of wondering what was going on. I knew they were in Texas, but Moxley didn't get a, a, a super big reaction. Didn't get like kind of the reaction that I would anticipate. And I was like, mm, crowd's just checking out early, eh? And then Archer came out and he just got a big pop. Like they were just, it was more so that they were in his pocket, him being the hometown guy, than, you know, them checking out or them not even being into Moxley. They were just very happy to see one of their own in such a prominent match. Yeah. And, you know, I thought it was funny tonight that, that they kept saying they were in Dallas. Uh, mm-hmm. They weren't technically in Dallas, they were in Texas, they were in the Dallas area, uh, they were in Garland. 
which is not even in Dallas County. That is a tried and true wrestling tradition. Uh-huh. Because <laughs> WWE slash F did that and does that all the fucking time. Like, when they say that they're in Chicago, they're not technically in Chicago. They're in fucking Rosemont. They're in a suburb. They do this shit all the time, you know, New York, mm-hmm. just anywhere that's, like, the biggest, closest city. That's where they're at. They're not in, like, suburban this or they're, you know, smaller city that. They're in the big one. Yeah, it's a little something AEW picked up on. So, but I, I again, I, I live here. I know the area they were in, and uh, again, not even in Dallas County. It's actually a good thirty minutes from Dallas. So, but uh, yeah, anyway, and, and it says like Sam says, there's so many Texas cities. It is ridiculous. I mean, it's it's crazy. So, anyway. Uh, we we already talked about Archer using the uh, air quote fan as a weapon. Uh, that guy was in the brightest goddamn suit I've ever fucking seen. You could have spotted him from a goddamn spaceship. Uh, Jeff Bezos could have spotted him today. You get that one? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I was thinking about that. I was thinking about that. Because well, I don't understand what is historic about it. Because that's the big word that they kept using on the news. And it's like, I'm not the first person to go into space. Not even the first just, like rich white guy that decided he wanted to be in space. Like fucking Richard Branson did that already. What about this is historic? And then I started thinking about the fact that I was kind of sitting there like, I'm not going to lie. It's a terrible thing to say. But I was like, you know, if this thing just straight up fucking Challenger exploded. Oh, like, like, this would be way more of an interesting story for me. Like, maybe not for him, maybe not for his family. I'd feel bad for them. But then I started thinking about the fact that I was like, you know, there's probably some, like, bitter, cynical asshole, like, several, you know, way back when that just got tired of hearing about this fucking Titanic ship that all these rich assholes got to go on and was like, you know, I, I wouldn't be mad if something bad happened. Mm. And then this guy got to see it. And I was a little bit jealous of that guy, that that guy got to see tragedy and I didn't get to see tragedy. And the sadistic side of smart comes out anyway. <laughs> we've we've been on for a while, and I'm kind of tired, so there's a little bit of unfiltered that's going on. Yeah, I gotta be up at five. I'm, I'm only wishing death upon very very rich people who probably treat other people like shit. Yeah, but they employ millions of people, so you gotta you know. That's a good and a bad though, because they've actually opened up. They've had a, a plant and over here in Chattanooga for I want to say over 10 years now mm-hmm. and it's a real it's always the same it's kind of a joke at this point where it's a really good job if you can get it and if you can keep it mm-hmm. because they hire so many people and then they just almost immediately fire so many people so it's like yeah it's a good temporary it's a good like blip on your resume right but in terms of like actual long-term career it's it's not great at all no and for your thing why is this kind of like a history making thing with uh this this is like the first like recreational flight to space but not really you're right branson did it like what, what a week ago yeah, so it's like somebody already did this shit. Like, I don't understand what happened. Like, this is, like, he's not even the first just, like, random rich old dude that wants to be in space. Like, that's already happened. Listen, the news wants you to like Jeff Bezos. Will you fucking just do it already and comply, you son of a bitch? 
Smart. Yeah, me, I, I kind of smart, thought that that's what it let was. Let me just that like people are tired of oh. talking about like people dying of COVID. So they're like, here's literally anything else. Just be excited for this shit. Smart. Do you know that complaining is not conversation? Have you heard I, this? You know, I may have heard that somewhere. I'm just saying I heard it somewhere. I just want to let you know that. Um, anyway, uh, they th- these guys are brawling around everywhere. They, they they go into the fucking, you know, the, the, the crowd and shit like that. Um, and eventually, Archer tears back the, the, the mat on the floor and... But it ended up being Moxley who did the DDT on the floor or kind of the paradigm shift. But did you notice when Archer rolled over Smark, he didn't have a scratch on him, and suddenly he gets up and there's blood? The obvious blade job. Such an odd... Did you not catch that? I may have seen it, yeah. All right, this was an obvious blade job. I'm not. I'm not bitching about it. I'm not. I. This was supposed to be a Texas death match. If we didn't see blood, we would have been bitching. Uh, so at least we got to see something. I'm not going to bitch that he bladed. I'm down with it. Um, but I mean, he, th- the way Moxley put him down, that wouldn't have. That wouldn't have busted anyone open. It was so gentle. It was so dainty. It was like there was a pillow down there, Smart. Mm-hmm. And this guy comes up with blood all over his face. I'm like, oh, my God. Come on. Come on. This is where we got to slow down a little bit. <laughs> all right? We got to slow down a little bit. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I-, I do got to tell you, these guys actually looked like they were having fun beating the shit out of each other at points in this match. <laughs> Did you notice? Oh, absolutely. It was, it was a lot of fun to watch. Like, the crowd was super into it. Yeah. And it seemed like they were both having a, a good time doing this one. Yeah. Like I said, the crowd was hot for the first match. And really, they kind of chilled out for the next one, two, three, even the, 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 the a few segments. But the last two matches, I believe they got fired back up for the Orange Cassidy and... Um, you know, blade match, and I think for this match they definitely got fired back up just because they were coming off of that great, you know, good match with Orange Cassidy, which is a crowd favorite either way. So they definitely heated back up, but yeah, man, it. Uh, yeah, Moxley ended up breaking out the barbed wire boards, put them on the tables, and he ended up being the go- being the one going through them, and he couldn't get up after he went through them. They kept saying, he's stuck. He wasn't even moving like he was stuck. He was just not moving. And Archer is the new IWGP US champion, Smart. What do you think about that? I was saying a few weeks ago, I don't feel like they're ever going to change this title in the United States. Uh, I was wrong. I can admit when I'm wrong, and I'm going to say I was wrong. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't necessarily think that they were going to have him win either. I give kind of props to Derek on that one because he was thinking that that was, you know, when they set up this match that they, this is how it was going to happen, that I, Archer was going to end up winning yeah. the belt. So cheers to him on that one. He kind of he called that one, but uh, I, didn't, I didn't think that was going to happen either. And I will also say, as we revisit it slightly, I was surprised that the crowd stayed in the match after they were being used 
you know, weaponized. They're being used as weapons. You had Archer, as we talked about earlier, pick up a fan and throw him at Moxley. <laughs> or, you know, air quotes fan, I guess, is the more appropriate term. But that was some wild shit, huh? Yeah, but he deserved it. Well, he did deserve it. Like, I mean, he was... He was, he was yeah. dressed a lot like the green shirt guy. He was standing there. I mean, you know, if you stand there, you're going to deserve it. So, I get it. But, uh, honestly, man, I think this was a really good um, AEW. Not the greatest. Again, I, I, I thought the first match with Jericho and Sean Spears, I really thought that was probably... I hate to say this because it was Jericho, but that was the worst match on the show tonight, in my opinion. This is a very interesting analysis from Sam here in the chat. He says, Blade reminds me of Wesley Snipes, which in turn reminds me of Taxes, or evading them. Go, Blade. Someone take my joint. (laughs) I tried to do my best to read that in the same way that I just imagined her typing that or thinking. You know what? On that note, I take a uh, a little pipe hit for for uh, for sensible Sam over there. Mm. I gotta say, I I like his look. I like the aesthetic of Blade probably more than I like him as an actual wrestler. But the the, the little like the bandana around his neck and the sunglasses and like the leather apron or whatever, it's it's got a little bit of a cool like sort of southern horror movie Texas Chainsaw Massacre type vibe to it. I dig it. See, and that's the reason I like the the butcher comes out with that look plus the fucking monocle, dude. Oh yes, I've long been on board with the uh, you know butcher getting his own little solo push, which I feel like he probably would have gotten. Like he may have been in this world had he not gotten injured. He's like a he's like an evil monopoly guy. Now, on that note, do you want to know one of the myths of the uh, of the world? Based on how you set that up, I absolutely do, and I am going to get a notepad out, so just bear with me as you explain. Monopoly guy was never really photoed with a a monocle. Hmm. So this is a uh, Bernstein, Bernstein type of effect here? That's another one. What do they call that? There's there's actual name. Mandela effect. Mandela effect. There's actual name for it, exactly. And that is the name, Smart. Thank you, sir. And I know it's late. Which I feel like, just to be a smartass, I feel like somebody should just change how you pronounce that halfway into the game. (laughs) This should be like Mandela effect by now. Just to fucking (laughs) further confuse and disorient people. Ah, don't worry. It'll happen eventually. But, uh, yeah, man, there's, uh, there's, there's a lot of things that we think. Listen. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal, or I'm sorry, Sinbad was in a, a, a genie movie. Didn't happen. No, but he does just have a overall genie aesthetic based on how he was dressing back in the day. Okay, so was MC Hammer in a fucking genie movie too? Potentially. I mean, I have not, I've not kept, I've not kept abreast with all of his, uh, filmography. Uh, trust me, he'd be happy to get that role. Um... <laughs> But I, I don't know, man. That 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 that. that well, I'll get ready for a real fucking stupid joke that I am not going to veer off from. <laughs> a kid finds a magic lamp, and everybody already knows the punchline. So just bear with me. Kid starts rubbing the lamp, and out comes MC Hammer, and he just looks at him and very sternly says, "Can't touch this," and then gets back in the lamp. <laughs> yep, that was worth it for me and for me alone. I don't care if nobody else enjoyed that joke. That was for me. 
Only if he comes back out and just looks at the kid and goes, too legit to quit, and then goes back. Mm-hmm. Well, the kid would be too legit to quit if he didn't heed MC Hammer's warning and kept rubbing the lamp. Absolutely. Because really, I only know two MC Hammer songs. <sighs> pumps in a bump, or pumps in a bump, or whatever the fuck it is. That one. No, uh, I, I literally, the, it's the, you know, can't touch this and too legit to quit. I see that's, that, that's my, that's my limit. I'm done. I'm over. I don't know anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know anymore. But, uh. Pumps in a bump, okay. I wanted to make sure that we got this right for whoever was wanting us to properly give MC Hammer the credence he res- deserves. And, you know, by the way, speaking of. You know, rappers from the '80s. I, I I didn't mention this last week, and I I I guess I can apologize. Bismarck E passed away last week. I honestly I did not know that. That's how busy my week was last week. Biz, this is yeah. news to me, which is sad. Bismarck E passed away last week, and you know, I, I was he. I think was he young MC's cousin. He might have been. Let's look it up just to make sure. I but that's always the interesting so. thing is we like these people start passing away and we start learning more and more about different relations that they've had or, you know, who they were related to, I guess is a more appropriate way of phrasing that. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, and, and there you go, sensible Sam. You got what I need. Listen, could the guy sing? No. But the guy made a shitload of money back in those days and I like some of the shit he has, man. And I, I, I think he might have been Young MC's cousin or something like that. Well, I, I know he I had... didn't get anything from quickly scanning the Wikipedia article, so we're going to type in Young MC cousin. Now, I know he was family with someone who already had a record contract. I know it. And I think it was Young MC. I really do. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But, man, I don't know how many times I watched that goddamn You Got What I Need video on MTV. Basically, that was, it was a just, great video. It was basically just him playing the piano. But it was awesome. Did you say, this, is, like, this is back in the day. This is early to mid-2000s. Where for whatever reason you just always had to have just random like skits and nonsensical things on rap albums. There was a one rap album. It was from it's more of a musical collective called the Handsome Boy Modeling School. And there was a skit where Biz Marquis called in because he was friends with Prince Paul, who was a part of that. And it's a video recording of an answering machine message of Biz Marquis just calling him to sing Night Fever by the Bee Gees. So you get like 20 seconds of Biz Marquis just off-key singing the song Night Fever by the Bee Gees. Nice. Nice. Um... Did you find that out yet? I can't find anything, which is weird. Because normally I can do this, but I, I could not do it. All right. I, I, I know he was cousins with someone who got him into it. And I, I for some reason, that name, Young MC, sticks in my head. I could be completely wrong. Um, I'm high, and I've had six beers. And i got to be up at 530 in the morning. So, man, we got to get the fuck out of here. 
Uh, I'm going to be so fucking tired tomorrow. That's all right. All I got to do. I'm tired right now, and I don't have shit to do tomorrow. That's all right. All I got to do is drive a truck. They're, they're, they've been making me drive this week. I got to tell you, man. I have seen some weird shit this week driving. Oh? I, yesterday, I saw a dude getting a hand job in a car on the highway. Good for him. Uh, I, I always think about that because like, you always see shit like that you know, on you know, whatever your website of choice is. We, we've gone into great lengths about this before. Oh, yeah. But you want to plug X videos for a moment? But um, <laughs> you always see this shit like in the videos online or whatever. And like mm-hmm. I just said, I was on the road 600 miles. This is this isn't even round trip. This is each way, so you know twelve hundred round trip. And I just would occasionally just look out and see if I could see anything like this happening, and it never did, and it never does, and it never well, will. But, well, but it's just now, interesting for you to have seen this. Now I got to tell you, I'm I'm in a truck, like a big twenty four foot box man truck, <laughs> box man truck. Uh, so, I'm, <laughs> which is not just a truck that has pictures of your face attached to it, but I wish it was. Uh, so I'm, 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 I'm really high up there. Not mm-hmm. in that way. I'm up there so I can see things. I saw, uh, I literally have seen probably three people drinking beers while they're driving. Everyone I see has their phone down on their fucking knee, basically, or is looking at it. And by the way, a, a word to the people still left in the chat room here. When you see a truck and you're coming up to a red light, do not cut in front of it because we've calculated how much space we need to stop when we have, say, 9,000 pounds in a truck that can only hold 10,000 pounds. And when you get in front of us and we have to hit our brakes more than we're supposed to, shit falls. Mm -hmm. And when shit falls, we got to work harder to pick it up. So you people who like to run around trucks right before that stoplight, fuck you and stop that shit. Thank you. (laughs) And I agree with that. And that is an important message to take and to keep with you. But I'm just more so than anything just thinking about the idea of how many people decided to get on their phone and check Twitter or play fucking Candy Crusher Subway Surfers that missed the opportunity to see a random stranger get a handjob. I, I don't know, man, but I, I'll like tell you. Like, you missed some real-life shit just so that you could check Twitter again to see what the latest Britney Spears news update was. Ah, there you go. I, I, it's scary, though, how many people you see with their phones just texting away and doing shit they shouldn't be doing, you know, the phone down where they don't think anyone can see it. But, I'm in a, like I said, I'm in a truck, so I'm looking down. When you pass me, I can see everything people are doing in their cars um it just it it amazes me the phones are on in everybody's hand they don't let go of them and it's fucking scary being a truck you know out there driving a truck which i 
right now I I don't want to do this anymore. But a couple of guys got positive for COVID, so I'm doing what I got to do right now. But man, it's scary seeing people driving out there, and scary seeing the people drinking and the the people drinking and driving out there is scary. But pretty much every time I go out in the truck, I see somebody with a beer between their legs. Any of these people similar? No, but it's Texas. Mm. So I, see. I don't know, man. It's just a. I mean, luckily I have a. I, I got a. You know, like like I said, I got a new car. I don't need to be looking at my phone. My if I get a text message, it comes in on my little computer in my car, my CarPlay, and it 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 reads it to me. And it says, do you want to reply? Yes. And I can talk to my car, and it sends a message. So I'm never looking away from the dash, but it's scary. Some people out there, you know, you got this fucking, you know, 1990 fucking 8 Corolla that's on the fucking road, and the guy's sitting there looking at his goddamn phone, driving, you know, and you're like scared because he's about to hit the car in front of him and finally hits his brakes. It's it's just scary right. fucking time out there, man. Scary fucking time. Well, and... There have been scientific like evidence studies conducted and research put forth that has shown that people who are texting and driving are more dangerous than people who are drinking and driving because yeah. when you're drinking and driving, you're at the very least trying to pay attention and trying within the best of your capabilities to not get caught. So you're trying to be safe. You you don't often get there, but you are at least putting forth the effort to pay attention to the road, which is more so than what the people who are texting and driving are doing. Yeah. And some of us are really good at it at one time. <laughs> yes. At one point. But, um, all right. I think uh, we should probably go ahead and get out of here, man. Like I said, it's late. I got to be up at 5.30 in the morning. It's only Luckily, it's only 12.14 for me. It's 1.14 for most people out there, 1.15 in the morning. So probably time to get on out of here. Um, once again, thank everybody for uh, hanging out with us tonight. Definitely the chat room. I'm going to hit the music now. And uh, we can knock out plugs one more time. Smart, what do you think about that? Let's do it. All right, let's go ahead. And, of course, that means I'm going to start out with the high marks. That is Mojo. It's Cheese Man. It's OG Wiz. And you guys want to be checking them out 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Sunday nights on Mixler.com slash Metal Mitt Network. That's right. No stutter. Double those T's when you type Metal Mitt Network. Do it. Do it now. Right now. Right now. Okay, you're good. Okay. And, of course, Bobby Anthem, Bobby Blades, the Inhuman Experience. You want to check those guys out. They are the Inhumans, and you want to be subscribed to that channel. So, wherever you find your podcast, check out the Inhuman Experience and subscribe. Smart could give you more shows of both those guys. Just a minute here. And, of course, we've got the unscripted, uh, everything unscripted wrestling podcast. That is Eric, Doug, and Daniel. Great guys over there. Definitely worth checking out Blog Talk Radio and anywhere you find great podcasts. And, of course, Steve Milan for sharing the show. Greatly appreciated, sir. Check him out. Letterboxd, B-O-X-D dot com slash Stephen Milan. Make sure you put two L's in Milan. And you guys know where to find us. Stitcher, iHeart, 
Spreaker. Follow us over there. Um, you can leave us a review over there on the old Apple Podcasts and Anchor, YouTube, TuneIn, Player FM, Ghostmark. That's right. And Mondays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on the Metal Mint Podcast Network. I'm the Mixed Machine. It is cheese on Sports with the Cheese Man. Sundays, 10.30 a.m. on the Metal Mint Podcast Network. The Mo Dirk City Machine Guns with Mojo and with Dirk. And last but never, ever least, be sure to check out our friends at Planet Raconteur. It's the Planet Raglan Tour podcast with Bobby Anthem, Papa Dave, Sincere, and Yuck and Dasty. All 16 episodes of Season 1 are available. Season 2 is underway, so be sure to check that out wherever you get your gosh darn podcasts. There you go. All right, folks, we'll be back here once again Friday night. We'll be talking SmackDown and more wrestling news. Um, and on that note, once again, thanks everybody for joining me, uh, last Friday on YouTube. Once again, my birthday is coming up Wednesday. I think I'm going to try to get everything done, figure out who can get me a, a banner made. If I have to do it myself, I'll do what I can for, uh, and then me and, me, me and Smart will jump on the old YouTube. You can, uh, you can talk right to us. So that'd be pretty cool. And, uh, on that note, I think we're done. Which means Friday night, right back here. Thanks, everybody. See you. Adios. Time to take your truck and asshole. It's all right. If you don't know what to do with yourself, take your truck and asshole. Yeah. Recline over. Recline over. Recline over. Recline over. Take your drunken ass home. It's all right. Uh, if you don't know what to do with yourself, take your drunken ass home. Yeah, we're going home. We're going home. We're going home. We're going home. Time to take your drunken ass home. It's all right. Uh, if you don't know what to do with yourself. Take your drunken ass home. Yeah! Man, I'm tired. Your construction.